everyone's favorite show about all things Utah. A show where four hosts and sometimes a guest discuss whatever they want regarding Utah and mostly stay on topic. It's the new Utah podcast with your hosts, Bree, Chris, Jeremy, and Jessica. All my fingers crossed. I'm really hoping that the recording for episode 226 does not stop in like 10, 15 seconds. Cause did it do it last week? Yep. Yep. Oh, did man. it last week. Just last once though. Just weeks. once. I just unleashed my fingers. I can't, you know, like the finger crossing, I can't get a good finger cross unless I push them over you each got other. Fat fingers. It's fucked up. Why would you yell fat fingers at <laughs> Look me? Look how the fat your fingers are. Have you been drinking? Cause you're yelling at me in the microphone. Sorry. <laughs> I just had some um, apricots. Maybe they're fermented. They've been in the cupboard for a while. They're dried. They don't ferment once you're dried. I don't <laughs> think that's how it works. I did open. Remember how I drank like half of that green urban lunchbox? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it was in the fridge still. Um, oh. <laughs> once you open From it. From last year? Uh, well, yeah, but I, op- I only opened it like two months ago, oh, maybe. okay. <laughs> It was like two months ago, I think, and I had only drank like half of it, and I put it back in the fridge, and I forgot, because I don't drink a lot. Like, this is the first beer I've had at home in a while. That's the second beer you've had. Tonight. But this is the first time I've had <laughs> beer at the house in a while. Um, but I was like, clean, kind of cleaning the fridge. I'm like, oh, there's this. And I'm like, oh, wait, this is like half full. And I opened it, and it was like, <laughs> and then it smelled bad, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> but I kept the bottle. Clean. I was just going to say, like you needed bottle. to keep the bottle, because it's cool. I like those kind of bottles. Um, but yeah, so we got a, we got a good show for you tonight. Um, we've got a very interesting guest lined up. Why do you always uh, say tonight? Cause it's night. Cause Have it. it's fucking 830 at night. This week, this episode. It's okay to say night. Right now. What if somebody's, we had, so we had a, we had to tell this really fast. We had this discussion with my daughter who was arguing with us about when the middle of the night was. And she, <laughs> We're like, well, midnight's the middle of the night. She's like, that's not the middle of the night. I'm like, dude, it's literally the name of the time. Midnight. And she's like, she kept arguing. The the middle of the night. Yeah, she kept arguing with. Like you just said, it's in the morning. Four thirty is not the middle of the night. That's when you guys get up. Yes, which is which was the which is how the discussion started. Was she's like, you guys get up in the middle of the night, and we're like, I'm like, no, it's not the middle of the night. It's It's morning, morning. and she's like, no, that's not morning. It's still night because it's dark. And then we got it's because it's because she doesn't go to bed sometimes until five or six. a.m. So that's still night to her. Which, like, I totally get, except for that. When she started arguing with me about midnight not being the middle of the night, I was like, but it's the name of the time, midnight. So, so Jess, you have a note on here that VW Southtown was a gangland? Whoa. Yeah. We actually even had detail out front today, I noticed, when I was getting ready to leave. So Detail? Yeah, like there are cops sitting out front. What What happened? Why, so, why are there cops sitting out front? Yesterday... Uh, it was like one thirty in the afternoon. One of our service advisors came up, and I think he meant to tell me something else, but then just like verbally vomited all of this because they were told not to really talk about it. Because you know people get gossipy. But um, we had a customer who I'm prefacing by saying their car wasn't even in our shop, <laughs> um, but has had prior visits and decided to send our service manager a bunch of threatening emails that she was going to come in and shoot up our dealership. And sure enough, she showed up with a gun. And uh, yeah, 
And I, I, in hindsight, it could have been really, really, really bad. I don't think she was going to go through with it or else she would have just walked in the door and started well, shooting. Why the fuck would you show up with a gun somewhere that you made a threat to? She did. So cop showed up pressing charges, obviously, but she went to jail, I assume. I would assume so. But wow, yeah. that fucking Karen got schooled. Yep. She walked in and asked for a manager. And fortunately, or I don't know how it all went down, but the service manager recognized who it was and like called the cops and called the cops and was like, uh, this bitch is here. She threatened us with violence and now she's here and she's like, yeah. So yep. was she like brandishing when she got there? I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know all the details. Come on. What kind of detail? This is- she did have it. <laughs> I haven't, it's so weird. People at work don't ever talk when about the cool things. When I told you about happened. the chick that stole the fire truck in Kearns, I had details. <laughs> you did have details. That was so long ago. It's been a crazy couple of weeks though. <laughs> yeah. That's to say the least. I try to like slice my hand off. I got tested for COVID because oh, yeah, I got I exposed. About you. I How's your, about how you? is your hand that you I, My grandma died. Like it's, it's been a crazy couple weeks. So what? I said, how is your hand? Well, it's gross still. It's healing. I put some liquid bandage on it. So uh, it's like sealed up right now. But... I just needed to close because if I don't like concrete makeshift splint anymore. No, everyone's like, why did you do that? I was like, I was in the middle of working on a wedding cake that had to be done by eight o'clock in the morning. I, that was just the quickest thing that I did because there was like gushing blood. So it was, this is my first like slasher wound. I'm more of a broken bone person. So I got got a slasher wound. I did all of my broken bones in one year. Yep. My finger that was. That's not a slasher, dude. That's that's like just fucking destroy. That's shredder. My, this is happening to my friend's mom. She almost cut a finger off. My closest was I cut myself with yep. the scissors over the weekend. So it was a little bit like, it was a little startling for me since I haven't had anything like that before, but I didn't need stitches because it was after 12 hours. Um, my cousin-in-law is an ER doctor and he had his like suture kit laid out for me because they wouldn't take me to the doctor's office because I'd been exposed to COVID and uh, they, they're like, you're going to have to go to the ER. I was like, my thumb is not worth $200. And fortunately, that's when my cousin-in-law called let and me, said, let me be clear, <laughs> Jess, you decorate cakes for not a living, but you decorate cakes. You work with a keyboard, I assume. Yes. And what I learned is I decorated the cake without using okay. that thumb. So. There's a reason humans are better than other animals. <laughs> it is our opposable thumbs. Our opposable thumb. But, no, it, my, but it wasn't that bad. So fortunately, I didn't go through both layers. I only went through the first layer, but it was a pretty, it was a pretty gnarly. It's almost, I would say it's almost two inches long. <laughs> so, ugh, it was gross. We had a pretty busy <sighs> weekend. Um, recut herself with scissors because I let her drink letter. I kind of pushed her to drink half a bottle of wine with her daughter. Uh, you and then you handed her scissors? Well, I'm pretty sure that's not exactly all of it. Were you I running was... with those scissors? No, she was trying no. to open a box. <laughs> I just, uh... I was holding them weirdly and and I was tired and probably still intoxicated whole... and I turned to talk to Chris and literally just like sliced the list layer. Like there's a little chunk right here that's So there's like this, this whole fiasco. So we already told the story about going to Denver. Cassie doesn't have a place to stay. 
like her apartment fell through. So she gives us a call early last week and she's like, Hey, I think we found a place. We're applying for it. And we're like, let us know as soon as possible because tickets are getting expensive because it's same week flights. Uh, so we end up flying out Friday morning. We get there. Um, we get to the U-Haul storage place. We're in a truck. Uh, the card still doesn't work on the door, but we, we, the three of us are loading up three carts at a time. It goes for the first couple of times. It goes super fast. We empty out the storage unit in no time flat, like a half an hour. Um, and, and it is like lightning fast compared to when we loaded it. Cause when we loaded it, the storage unit originally, we had one cart. Because some jackass had like four carts full well, of shit on the side. Well, we had one flat cart and the mattress cart, which doesn't, doesn't hold shit. As well, yeah. So anyway, so we get it all unloaded. There's a freight elevator to the second floor of the storage complex. The the last trip, we've got the mattress, all the big furniture, like, like all the, the, the headboard pieces, the, the stuff that was in pieces, the back of the that. unit that really needs to go into the back of the truck. So first. right now, everything's sitting out on the asphalt by the by the U-Haul truck so outside we, the U-Haul unit. We get into the unit, uh, or we get into the elevator. Uh, we go to pull the gates down, and, and freight elevators usually have an outer shell for the exterior, and then they have an inner so gate. So he closed the outside. Outer shell goes down, go to close the gate. It doesn't close. And he's like, what the heck? And so he opens it and goes to close it again. And I'm like, and I, uh, and I look at Chris. It and like, there's, there's two halves and like the bottom half is down. The top no. half is like crooked into the bottom half uh, and not all the way no. down. And, and so we start looking at it. He calls the guy. They come over. They're looking at it. And all of a sudden, like they move it just right. And I'm like. Yeah, we, the chain is broken. We move it just right, meaning I'm holding up the top part. Like we're trying to reseat it into the into the track because we think it's bop, popped out of the track. But like Bree looks over and she's like, "I think the chain's broke." And, and I the look guy up, goes, "Oh no, that's no way." And I'm like, "I look up here. from my vantage point and you can see the chain just dangling." So he, they switch places so that the guy can be on this side, and he's like, "Uh." He's like, well, the only choice you have is the stairs. There's a stairway. There's a narrow fucking like fire escape style stairs on the outside of the building. So we have to then take the three uh. carts full of furniture. So all the rest of the stuff we had taken were Down boxes narrow- of clothes and blankets. And I mean, there were a few, there were a couple heavy things, maybe some dishes and stuff, but we had the bookcase. The TVs, yeah, the, the bed, bed the, the mattress, the, yeah. the box spring thing from Ikea that probably weighed about 250 pounds. Like all of it. We had to down carry down the fire escape. <sighs> oh, it sucked ass. <laughs> that, that was probably the worst part. But the apartment's really nice. Um, Brie sliced her hand open. Well, and the other dumb thing is, is then we had to carry everything up 17 steps because she's on the second floor and there's no. That's not dumb. It's fine. I well, I know, that. but it was just like we carry. Hey, anyway. the original apartment was on the fourth floor. So this is fine. true. Anyway, so we got everything loaded into the breezeway while Cassie went and got the rest of the stuff from the place she was staying and her um, cashier's check for the deposit. So she met us there. We got everything moved in, like busted it. We went and had dinner and then we came back and we put the bed together and did a bunch of stuff. I sent Cassie home because we're like, you know, we're staying here. Chris and I put some stuff together. And as I was opening it, was I trying to find? I can't even remember. She was opening a box. And And he was talking and I just, and, and I look down and just, it just starts welling up with blood. And so I'm like, ah, and so I grab a paper towel and I've got a big paper towel and Chris is like, where's the band-aids? And I'm like, there's one in my purse. And uh, it was a whole thing. 
because I had to get the blood stopped <laughs> before we could put the bandage on it. And then it turned out that he put like the sticky part on the cut and then we only had one bandage. So we had to wait till we went to Walmart again before we could. <laughs> anyway, it was a thing. So anyway, she's all moved in. Um, but the coolest part of that trip was, so the new airport opened officially last week on Wednesday on the 12th. The new Salt Lake City airport. And... We got to fly out and back into the the new airport part that's open. So the airport, the new airport is right next to the old airport. Uh, there's two giant concourses. Uh, concourse A, half of it is open now. The other half isn't even built. Concourse B is getting finished. It's slated to open sometime in October. Once Concourse B is opened, then all the non-Delta flights will be flying out of that. They'll demolish the old terminal and build the second half of the A-Wing. so weird. The inside of this place. It's absolutely the, beautiful. The pictures don't really do it justice. The The art installation they have in the A-Terminal or the A-Concourse uh, is, because it's all one big terminal They now called the it front. the canyon and when they were talking to the artist, but and it's, so he made it look like the Red Rock Canyons. And so it, it's it's a lot like kind of how you could view like Bryce Canyon, like just all along the long like entry into it. It's just all the white, like really cool. And there's um, like bench seating in the center that's designed to look sort of like, like the Red Rock outcroppings where it's like the stepped rocks, um, but they're just solid white benches. Once you get into the actual concourse where the shops and the, the, the chairs and the waiting areas and for the gates and everything are, there's bathrooms everywhere. So everywhere. Like, and the stalls are extra deep. So there's actually room for your luggage when you go into the bathroom instead of like propping your feet up on your suitcase while you're trying to pee. <laughs> every chair waiting for an airline, like at all the gates, every chair has its own outlets. And cup holders. That's like, what Ben Winslow said was his favorite part. That's that's how you know it's a modern airport. They have plugs and USB ports at every Hopefully they all chair. work. Well, right now they do. And um, then the the ladies' restroom. So both restrooms have changing tables for kids this time. And the ladies... Because they've read it. You didn't go on the dude's restroom. <sighs> anyway, the ladies' <laughs> restroom has... um like a mother's room for nursing moms and they didn't like put it back in the corner by stinky toilets. They put it up at the front by the sinks. I didn't go in because I didn't want to like open the door and disturb someone, but I wanted to go in and look. Um, if the door had been open, I probably would have, but, um, which I thought was really nice. Um, the only complaint How I have about couches? the I just told you I didn't go in. No, in the regular bathroom. Don't you There's no couches. couches. What are you talking about? Isn't <laughs> oh, a church bathroom? What the hell, there's, man? There's couches in church bathrooms for women? Sometimes. In the LDS church. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, the only complaint I have about the bathrooms is the sinks are too small. Like, you washing your hands and... You... They've got the problem where the faucet, the head, the, the water head is too close to the, the back of the... And so when you're washing your hands, you kind of splash water. But if that's the only problem in this ginormous airport. So far. And the design, the design even no of like do. the shop, the storefronts and stuff is really fantastic. Not everything's open. There's still a lot of stuff that's not being done built out in like the restaurant areas. They really made a focus for doing like local businesses on local mm -hmm. food, which and is they did. so awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And the, uh, the interesting thing is the way the front of the airport is designed. So airports, most airports were designed pre nine 11. Mm -hmm. 
And so they all got retrofitted when 9-11 happened to only allow ticketed passengers beyond the the security checkpoint, which never used to be the case back in the day. Uh, well, because of that, originally airports had tons and tons of stuff after security, like all the shops, everything, the, the stuff before security was really small. And so for a place like... You know, most places, it's not a huge deal. There's not a lot of waiting for people at airports these days. Um, there used to be. Like, that used to be a thing. You would go sit at the gate and wait for people to come in at the gate. I remember um, as a kid when my grandparents would come visit, we'd go sit at the gate and, and wait, wait for them, them to get off the, the plane. plane and, and, yeah. and that just doesn't really happen anymore. Um, but in Utah in particular, when missionaries come home, there's a bunch of people fucking stand in a group. Hopefully not right now during covid Fucking idiots. Um, but the, there's a bunch of, mis- you know, people welcome home their missionaries. That's a very big event a lot of times here. Well, the way this airport is designed, you know, security and the concourses, they have stuff for travelers, but there's also a ton of stuff before you even get to where the security checkpoints are. So they've, de- they developed a, a very large terminal that is pre-security for you to hang out. In fact, in this, in the it's airport, good for when you, you miss your, you, uh, get laid over and you have to go get food because you can't go back into the terminal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have a, they have a huge, uh, big giant open, uh, area specifically designed for meeting and for basically for missionary meetings. It's built for three to 400 people and it's called the greeting room and you actually will hear announcements. Chris and I heard it once or twice while we were there, um, telling people where to go to get to this room, but it's, it's off to the side, but it's, it feels like part of the terminal. So you're not like in the corner. It's right off to the side of where you actually leave the security. And it's, it's big and it's nice and it's got a ton of seating and a ton of places to stand and things for people to look at. And the kids can look out the windows because it looks out onto the tarmac. So little kids that you bring with you can still watch the planes take off and land. Like they did an amazing job with it, but I wanted to read some facts. I picked up a little book. So it was $4.1 billion to construct with zero local tax dollars spent on construction. That, that's a huge deal. And, and this is part of this airport being built says Delta's here to stay. Right. Because mm-hmm. Delta had a huge hand in building this airport, which is, I was talking to Bree about it. That's huge because when there were a bunch of the airline mergers that were happening post 9-11, like Delta bought up Northwest and, yeah. and Continental mergers and stuff like that. There was a lot of questions whether or not Delta was going to keep Salt Lake as a hub because Northwest had a bunch of other hubs like in San Francisco that Minneapolis, were relatively yeah. close by and Delta kept Salt Lake as a hub. The investment in this airport says they're not going anywhere. So $5.5 billion forecasted in Utah's economic impact. What were you going to say, Jess? Sorry. I just said I'm okay with that. Oh. <laughs> um, 296.7 footprint in acres. So 7,000 stone columns installed for seismic stability. 68% of the contractors employed were local. And I can testify to some of that because some of our insureds actually worked on the airport. Two and 300 years of construction avoided and millions of dollars saved. I don't know what that means, but. Um, seven miles of baggage system. They they finished on time. Like the airport was on time. That's Even with um, COVID. In, in a construction project of that magnitude with COVID and the earth, it is fucking insane that they got this thing done as fast as they did. 31 escalators, 32 moving walkways, 65 elevators, and 70 passenger gates. 
There's 100 billion BTU capacity at the new central utility plant, which what was, I was telling Jeremy about the HVAC system. I'll have to turn the page to remember what it is, but it's a different kind of HVAC system where the air actually comes in at the base of the, like the floor and forces air up and out the top instead of old, like radiant heating and stuff. But there are 3,600 public parking stalls, um, 76,755 square feet of concession space, 58 restaurants and shops, 3,163 days from the launch to the opening day. So they launched the, they commenced it on January 18th, 2012. And then, uh, the, the last part, um, of this phase one of, of the project will be uh, finished October 27th of 2020. So wicked crazy. And October 7th is when they open up the second. 27th. Uh, yeah, whatever. That's when they open the second concourse. But our airport was built. Um, it was dedicated on December 20th of 1920. So hmm. it's, it was, it's 100 it years, was almost 100 years. Never designed yeah. to handle the kind of traffic we have. Yeah. Well, in the 70s is when it was built to what we know it as today. Yeah, when they added all the extra stuff on. But even then, that was designed for When the executive terminal was built. Well, it wasn't ever designed to be an international airport. No, and then they added that either. weird international wing that never got really properly used. It just looks like a bunch of add-ons. So, And that's what it was. I mean, it was like a bunch of added-on things. That's how it was designed. But. I just read something. So Delta Airlines has committed to maintain the Salt Lake City Airport as a hub through 2034. Yeah. So, another so at least 14 years. more years. Good enough for me if, uh, if I make it that long. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, it, it's it's... It's really cool. I picked up this little book, but there's a whole bunch of information on on everything that's happening. One of the cool things that when Chris and I went through security is they automatically are bringing like bins just oh, dropped God, down. The new security is great. <laughs> I forgot about that. So the 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 lines are are designed uh, quite a bit differently like there's a huge snaking path so it's designed for the kind of volume that we get but we're not going to snake out the door and down the escalator anymore when you <laughs> when you get into the security checkpoint the the conveyor belts are no longer conveyor belts they're all they're all rollers but they're they're all automated rollers they're so not like push, push rollers so you stand at a spot now some of this may be covid but i think it's designed this way too you stand at the spot there's plexiglass on either side of you a bucket one of the bins comes to you from inside this thing you put your stuff in it everything goes in a bin you set your bin on the rollers. Like all the same rules apply for normal travel, bags and liquids and shoes and all that shit. Uh, and then it takes your, your bucket and rolls it down for you and you walk through like normal. You do whether the body scanner or the regular scanner. And then when you come out the other end, there's a long line of the, the conveyor rollers all covered with plexiglass so you can't touch your bags. You can see it, just can't touch it. And there's a couple of windows where they can pull your bags on the other side. And then there's one spot where, uh, and you can tell it's all automated in a sense, like they flag a bag so that at the end, right before it gets to a point where you could pick it up, there's a spot where your bag stops. It has actually bars that stop it from moving forward. So you couldn't like reach up and pull it down. Uh, and 
automated like push over to a back conveyor so that it can roll into TSA. It's just next to the other conveyor, but you can't reach it at all. So it's just an automated system that pushes it back so the TSA agents can actually. And you don't take the the totes, so you don't pick it up. You don't take nope, it anywhere. You take your stuff out you of the tote. It goes to the end, drops into the recycle system, and moves all the way back down. So now you don't have to fight with, you know, when TSA is trying to bring it yeah. more things. And yeah, anyway, they've really they've cool. just they've done an amazing job. And even just the third day, like there were a few little things that I am assuming will will change and and just get better. But I didn't. We didn't run into any major issues of any kind. So it was really really nice. So it's going to be a nice place to fly out of once more people can feel comfortable flying places i want to give a shout out to a listener uh as well um cindy you know who you are no you have to say her name i don't have to say her full name i'm not gonna put her on blast uh she she sent us a very nice she message. knows who she is <laughs> you know who you are cindy she sent us a very nice message on facebook um, we, we really appreciate it. Um, it's nice to hear from listeners when, when they want to talk to us. Good, bad, We're or indifferent. influencing people. Yeah. Well, I mean, that might be bad. To appreciate our community. No, it was it's great, good. actually. It's, it's good to influence people to appreciate the community. She loves the bumblebee and ruby snap. Yeah. So she, she did talk about, what, what are you pointing at? Yeah, I know. Don't point <laughs> at that. She, she, she said, she actually said she started, visiting places based on our talking about them. That's uh, awesome. So uh, really, really cool from her. Um, Social distance high five. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to elbow bump you elbow bump. from, from yep. out in the distance. Um, speaking of people that we talked to, uh, you know the Our Divorce guys, um, Tom uh, and his group? They uh, they have a TikTok. Remember, we talked to him about doing a TikTok, and he's like, oh, yeah. we have plans. We have plans. So oh, it happened. They posted a TikTok the other day, um, like less than a week ago, last week, even after our thing. That's a freaking hilarious TikTok. Over a million views on TikTok. That's like, amazing. That it, it exploded. So um, I was actually talking to Tom. I like reading comments, by the way. There's lots of comments. Um, I was talking to Tom, and he said... Um, you know, the, he had no idea that it was going to go viral. And when it did, he said, we've, we've already done more business than we expected to in our first month. Um, they hit their, their number and I think their price is going to go up. Um, so reasonably priced. Yeah. It just, it just went up another hundred dollars. So instead of one ninety nine, I think it's a two ninety nine now. Um, but that's because they have so much business. They hit their, they hit their signups and, and this, you know, viral TikTok video. So out of like the 1 million views, I think there was like 24,000 likes, which is a 25,000 now it looks like, um, like over a thousand comments and there's comments like, you know, (laughs) people that are like, um, Oh, you're the problem with whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> There's a lot of people that are like, no, like, this is a good service. Like, I wish I had this when I got a divorce. Nice. Um, there was one person that posted, I'm not even married and I even want to buy your product. <laughs> <laughs> That's winning well, right there. Well, if you watch the TikTok, it tells his little story. Yeah, it tells the same story that he told us here in a, in a fun fashion that, like, you know, he was married to a woman for a long time. Who and, became friends. Yeah, friends. in air quotes. <laughs> And basically, you know, basically they decided it was time to get a divorce because the marriage wasn't working out. It's kind of hard to work out a marriage when someone's fucking someone else. But um, that's me talking, Some, by the way. Sometimes that's Not what people. he said. That's what I'm interpreting from everything. Um, but, you know, they were able to mutually 
separate. And he came up based out of that, of, of this business idea. Like it doesn't have to be hard for everyone. No one has to do all the research that he did because now he's done it. Um, and he's not an attorney. They have counsel on staff. Um, but, um, and this isn't just locally, they will be expanding, uh, nationwide. Uh, each state has their own, uh, divorce laws and, and he has done and, the research. And it's similar to TurboTax where it just, it asks you all the questions, you put in all the information and then it produces the paperwork. Well, and what's cool is like he took one of the comments, um, that was posted against that, that video that went completely viral and he made another video on it. And the comment was about, um, now we're, uh, someone said, great. Now we're celebrating such a god awful thing called divorce. And, um, he posted a, a video on it and he said, I, I, you know, it does suck. Divorce does suck. It's something that's horrible about mm-hmm. it. Um, but that's, we're here to make that as, as easy the least of a process. sucky as possible. Yeah, as possible. And then he posted another one, um, that basically was like, Hey, we don't want you to have to get divorced, but if you're going to, and it was really funny because he said something, I gotta, I, I should play it so I could hear it. No but he said something uh, along the lines of like, um, if I hate to break it to you, but if you guys can't agree, Out. you need to probably get an attorney. Like, <laughs> we're not the solution. <laughs> so they're very honest about the things that they do. But anyway, I, I just thought that that's pretty crazy that to have a video. I'm so happy for them. Do a million views on TikTok. It's yeah. kind of fun to have interviewed him before it started and now. Now to see it really kind of yeah. start to take off. And it's a good service. I think it's a, a cool service that they offer. So, um, let's see what else, uh, events. Uh, I just put a couple just cause it's fall is here actually today Today's while we're recording. Yeah. Uh, so I can say that with confidence now. <laughs> um, just a lot of things going on. A lot of local businesses that have put social distancing, um, Rules in place, guidelines and rules in place. I almost lost the word. Chris was reading my brain right there. Um, oh, can I tell you? Because the first one on here. But I want to know how they're doing it. So Asylum 49. I need to know. Is open. Yeah. This is my favorite thing about COVID if this works out. We're going to go to a lot of haunted houses this year, babe. Um, so here's the thing. My gripe with haunted houses is always, and Asylum does a pretty good job of separating people. Mm-hmm. But my gripe with haunted houses has always been... Um, there, there's too many people like climbing through at the same time. So like right. when you would go to like Nightmare on 13th or when Rocky Point was around, like it was just a line of people. So nothing about it was fun. It was especially the closer you get to Halloween, but with social distancing, the groups will be small and they're not going to be right up against each other because they have to space them out, which means also less people will probably go sadly, but that means you're going to get a it better cool. overall <laughs> experience. Now, I don't know how they're doing, if they're doing so, the full contact or not. I will, I didn't even think about it. I should just have messaged Cammy and Kim before I wrote this as notes, but I will reach out to them and see. I know that they had a good first weekend, um, cause I did talk to her on Sunday. Um, but I'm very curious have to how they're a, doing that. Have we done a special on haunted houses yet in our four years? Ish. Can we do one this year? Yeah, of course. Where we just like, we really go deep on all the haunted houses. Yeah. Maybe we spend some time going to them. Yeah. No. I think we should. I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want to do that. I'll I think that'll be the, fun. So I'll we'll wait outside when you come running out because Chainsaw Guy is running out after you. We'll, we'll do that sometime. Because Dr. Dr. Fear is running out after you. But there's some other fall events going on too. Yeah. So Kuahara Farms, which I talk about a lot, is doing their... They have the most amazing pumpkin patch I think I've ever been to. And that's officially open. Um, but this is not at their State Street location. This is at a hundred and it's one twenty one fifty three South seven hundred West. That's the one we went to last year. It was um, nice. it's, it was really cool. It's so cool. They have it like separated into different like types of pumpkins. Um and then they're doing a a thriller park, uh, Corn like, maze type thing. um, the paintball and I don't remember what else, but that doesn't, that's not open and for like another week, I think. Um, but you can go to Kuahara wholesale. I can't even talk dot com, um, and get more information, but it is such an awesome pumpkin patch. Um, some of the other things that happen this time of year is, uh, witch fest is still happening at Gardner village. Um, non, non, uh, Halloween-y fallish is, and I wish I would have noticed this at the beginning of the month, but KRS, KRCL does a monthly, uh, record sale during September. Oh. I know. And so this weekend, if anybody's listening, is their last one. They're doing it. They just do it in their parking lot in 1971 West. Right. North Temple. I got a question for you because you said the word Halloweeny, which I really like. Okay. Is that H A L L O W E E N I E E N I E or E E N Y? No, I would spell it Halloweeny. Like a like, like a Frank weenie, and Weenie. Like yeah. a Weenie, but it's like on All Hallows Eve. A yep. Halloweeny. Yep, it's a Halloweeny. Um, let's see. I did put down that the uh, I don't if anybody hears this. If anybody's listening, <laughs> um. The aquarium with the, so everybody keeps asking what, what is the purpose of this big old thing that they've put the on claw. the side of the, the claw? So it's actually called the EECO, which is the Ecosystem Exploration Craft and Observatory. And eventually it's supposed to, there's a learning center that's going to be under it. With like sharks, with lasers. Really, yes. With laser beams, with, with freaking laser beams. Anyways, for the last couple months, they've been doing a night under the lights. And, um, I think it's between, it's free to $15, depending upon if you're a member or not. And they have a DJ, um, you can, they have food trucks, you can bring a picnic, whatever. And it's just like a, I don't know how they're doing a social distance dance party, but it would even just be cool to kind of, you know, sit off of that frontage road right there and, and watch. Cause, um, I noticed that the lights started to change, um, not nightly, but during the night. Mm -hmm. So it's kind yeah. of cool. But anyways, there are things to do if you feel that you need to get out and about. Um, Peterson Family Farm will be starting their uh, hayride soon and their pumpkin patch. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, so we have, uh, like I said, we got a good guest coming up here in just a little bit. But uh, we have a couple lists first um, because it is fall. Um, and we talked about uh, day trips last week. Was it last week? I don't remember. Um, yeah, we did. Fun, a few, yeah, we mentioned a few. Some fun day trips. Um, but I think these are of particular interest because they're um, fun places to see, uh, like the, see the changing leaves in Utah. The foliage. Uh, and so the 
we actually talked about a few of these uh, in our day trip. So almost all of these are are day trippable from the Wasatch Front. There is... It would be kind of dumb to do it at night, I'm just saying. Probably one or two that maybe are a stretch, but... Because um, you want to see it during the day. Well, he means in one day. It's harder to murder people in, in American Fort Canyon if... Uh, it's daylight. No, there's plenty of space, I'm sure. Oh, so I can do it in broad daylight, I'd be okay. Why not? All right, Jess, give me permission to murder someone. <laughs> just want everyone to be here, bear witness here. Um, okay, so the the Alpine Loop, that's the American Fort Canyon to Provo Canyon. Um, beautiful year-round, but this time of year in particular, there's it's the trees. They're changing. Leaves are falling. It's, the it's beautiful. It's the trees. So I've always said um, Elmira, New York, which is the Finger Lakes area of New York, is beautiful in the fall, and flying over it is the best way to see it. What about Tennessee? Uh, maybe, maybe, because it's a really, like, just massive blanket of green, but I don't think it's the same effect as going into our canyons, because our canyons, no. you can see from the ground going up just the absolute beauty. Also, if you're doing the Alpine Loop, there is a fee station at the beginning. Just let them know you're driving the loop and you won't get charged. Yeah, if they're there half the time, they're not even fucking there. Because uh, it's forest area. It's national forest area. They're always there when I've been through. So. Every time we go to Mill Creek, they're never fucking there. Oh, in Mill I Creek. think we've paid like once. Yeah, all year because they're never there. I didn't there. pay down on Capitol Reef either. <laughs> uh, Logan Canyon is also extremely oh, Logan is my beautiful. favorite. Actually, I'm going up this weekend. <laughs> yeah, going to Bear Lake because she only goes like once or twice a year. We we're had try, this. We're trying to finish my. We're trying to finish my friend's parents' cabin. We had this conversation while you weren't here last week that like Perfect. Jess claims she hardly ever goes to Bear Lake, but she's been there like only in the 17 summer. times this summer. No, <laughs> I can't um, count on one hand. <laughs> there's the both Big and Littlewood Cottonwood Canyons are beautiful. Yes, Garzman uh, Pass is beautiful, but there is a lot of traffic up there. So if you want fall pictures, um, be different. Don't go there. <laughs> you know the the peace is at the International Peace Gardens. Is that the one that's in like weird spot? West like, Valley. That's on the west side by the train. It's tracks. not West Valley though. It's, it's Salt Lake. So. Yeah. Is it still Salt Lake? It's like yeah. South Salt Lake. It's like 7, it Rose 21st and 17th. Yeah. yeah. But that is a beautiful place to go get pictures, especially in the fall. And, and it's, it's super, ref well, it's yeah, If you cool. want to see people sword fight. What's well, cool about the Peace Gardens is like there's lots of different backdrops that you can go like mm -hmm. with. Make people think you're in China. Well, I don't think anyone thinks you're no, in China. When but you're... it's just like it just gives an extra. <laughs> Fuck. Weirdo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you, just a day, you know, just a day trip. You just fucking shut her right up by doing that <laughs> stupid ass joke, Jeremy. We need to give you a, a better quota. Uh, uh, you've got uh, Snow Basin Resort. That's day trippable. Um, Snow Basin's really cool. Just another canyon. Uh, there's Cedar Breaks National just, Monument. You can go up through like Eden and it's beautiful. The site did a wedding cake this time last year and it's beautiful. It's Aga and Weber area. Um, yeah. You can go up Cedar Breaks National Monument. Um, that's one that's a little bit further because that's a good two, two and a half hour drive. Um, Fish Lake. Uh, Fish Lake is, is Pando. So beautiful. Right. And you can see the dying largest organism in the world. Yes. Quickie's only turned yellow though, right? Uh, 
No, they turn mm-hmm. orange too. Yellow yeah. and orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Mount Nebo Loop. That's the one that was on fire just a few. Yeah, month, my, my weeks up, ago, months ago, Nest recently. Canyon's on fire was on fire today. It's yeah. still on fire. Might not be the best place for fall viewing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Saying, uh, has anybody heard if that was man started by a man? I don't know. Probably a woman. Ha! Huh. <laughs> Pretty irresponsible. <laughs> uh, this one, okay. So this one, I was looking at the pictures on this one. And I never thought about this because Zion National Park is in the heart of Red Desert Country down in southern Utah. But Zion is, the pictures were absolutely stunning from the fall in Zion. Yeah, it gets cool. I mean, they get snow. I mean, not a lot, but they get some yeah, snow. Yeah, and it, gets, so. it cools down and the yeah. trees do die off because uh-huh. they're not palm trees like in St. George. Which is right. fucking weird still to see palm trees in St. George. They're not inland trees, motherfuckers. They deserve ocean. They're in Nevada, too. I know. I know. It's not like we're the only ones. Uh, yeah, so those are some really cool... All of those are really fun, good fall drives. Uh, just to stay COVID safe in your own vehicle and, you know, you're good. Uh, Jess is COVID free, right? Officially? Did you get a second test? No. You should go take No, because I, I wasn't symptomatic. I mean, I know you can be asymptomatic, but I don't know if they would require me to, but I did the quarantine time, so. She did her time. She did the yeah. time. Did your roommates get checked out? No, because I wasn't around them. Does Ron have COVID? No. No, he doesn't. He just has cooties. No, but I did let them know what was going on, so. They're like, why the fuck do you keep hiding in your room and like scream when we come downstairs and you're in the kitchen? It's really weird. I get out of here. <laughs> Don't um, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're going to do another list. It's fun because we can. These are the 10 weirdest and strangest things that have ever happened I in I didn't Utah. think we had done this list and I just thought there were some really cool things on there, it. You know, I don't think we have. There are... Um, I know we've, we've talked about maybe a couple of these items. I will but... tell you the most disappointing miss on here. What what do you guys think is the most disappointing miss? I haven't at looked at it. Look at it real quick. No miss. Oh, the oh, thing that miss? they missed. Oh, the strangest the whales. <laughs> the whales. Yeah, there's, the whales. There's no goddamn way that that should not be on this fucking well, list. Well, we know the author. Let's because chat with her because it's true, right? Everything we've read suggests that the whales were a but real thing. But this is all stuff that is true too. But this the is whales. Yeah, How they, is that not the strangest fucking thing to ever happen in this I state? think it's stranger than the bull. Some dude, some dude bought two whales and stuck them in a lake that's 30 feet deep and they Full disappeared. Salt. Salt. And they disappeared because they thought they could fucking live there. How is that not one of the strangest goddamn things to ever happen in this state? And it there's is. newspaper articles because when we talked about it, there was newspaper articles. Yes. So like, it was like documented. It was a real thing. They never found the whales. That's the Bear Lake monster. <laughs> That did did not get his money's worth. Man, it's fake news. I just okay, okay. So <laughs> the the city of Virgin, uh, which is down in in, in uh, southern Utah, made an ordinance that required every resident to have a gun and ammunition. And, and this by is the way, not news. I was gonna say this wasn't in the eighteen yeah. hundreds. No, this was like in two thousand, twenty years ago. This is in the twenty first century. Uh, then uh, A. G. Merck Shirtliff, uh, who's been you know whatever you think about him. Um, <laughs> He's like, yeah, no, you can't do that. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 only U.S. Only the U.S. legislature can do that. I'm sorry, buddy. No, um, the Utah State Legislature can. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, make laws regarding gun control in the state, <laughs> but any gun control laws would be challenged. You know, it would have been very interesting to be part 
to like to hear how that conversation. <laughs> but just along with the stupidity of yeah. virgin comes so, the virgin. But, but, but wait, when they say every resident, is that like your two-year-old? No, like, because they're not a, a paying tax eighteen and older. Yeah, eighteen and older. Okay, typically. So down in, in southern Utah, there's so also residents aren't little kids. No, okay, they don't pay taxes. There's also a town called Laverkin. Which, uh, do you guys remember? I think we talked about this. They created a United Nations free zone. We did um, talk about this. <laughs> oh, man. And, and, uh, well, again, and they, they this demanded, is my shirtless time. They yeah. demanded that every citizen who supported the United Nations come forward publicly. So once again, Mark Shirtliff had to step in and say, uh, no, <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> I know we've ter- talked about this when the flood of 83, when yeah, I turned about that. Salt Lake, uh, there was a river down a, a street there, uh, State Street, um, being a big one. Uh, and I did, uh, we've talked about this too in 1968. This, we've talked about this and I think we should probably do a full episode. Like a deep dive. Like a deep yeah. dive okay. on Dugway because Dugway is, because fucked. they didn't mysteriously die. 6,000 aliens. Dugway, Dugway is, has the highest, like, Ordnance and like most poisonous they're, gases. They're a level. And... They're a level four bio lab in Dugway. As well. I should have my dad come on and talk about the days that he and his friend would go sit in the foothills and watch crazy things happen over Dugway. Yeah. So back in the sixties, so Dugway Proving Grounds is an army depot that does a lot of chemical <laughs> weapons dis- disposal. They're a level four bio lab. They have. You've uh, been out there. There's like live bombing. Thousands range. of bunkers. Yeah, just like as far as the eye can see, it's, bunkers. It's Weird. something else. But in the '60s, they accidentally released VX nerve agent and killed six thousand sheep. Now they have never said an accident. No, this just says they conducted open air yeah, tests, but they denied. <laughs> yeah, they, they denied have, it. They have never said they had anything to do with the sheep. They flat out denied it, but they did pay the farmers. <laughs> <laughs> We're not they sure what happened all. here, but here's some money. To I don't make know what happened. Assume no sheep, sheep, but can you? guys just not talk about this anymore uh-huh. um <laughs> the two men in barrel and t- what the fuck was going on in utah in 2000 these are almost all from like 2000 that's when sean was born two men the y2k uh, thing was messing with people i guess two men in barrel were uh charged with practicing medicine without a license after they drilled a fucking hole in a woman's skull like <laughs> <laughs> this is not the 1950s no they this did was- it to increase blood flow and decrease the symptoms of depression. Yeah, yeah, that's what they used to do with... Yeah, lobotomies. Lobotomies, lobotomies used to work, I'd throw too. a hole in my head if it really reduced the symptoms of depression. Uh, we talked about this one. I think we probably talked about this one close to when it happened, when they put that statue up in Hurricane. Yeah, because uh, that happened in 2015. So with we the, about with that. the bull penis. Yeah. Um, so I said the whales are weirder than the bull. Yeah, well, that was just a restaurant making a, a name. Um Oh, yeah, D.B. Cooper, man. Yeah, D.B. So Cooper. Richard McCoy uh, had hijacked a plane. He was a former BYU kid. But he hijacked a plane. He got $500,000 in ransom. He's long thought to be the infamous D.B. Cooper, who uh, had done that before and jumped out of the plane with a parachute with $200,000. Um, and no one ever found the money that D.B. Cooper jumped out with. Or him. Uh, or him. Or traces of him. Even, yeah. Like nothing. And so a lot of people think it was this guy, not that this guy was D.B. Cooper. But but he was convicted, escaped prison, and then shot to death in a standoff. Yeah, so we'll never know where that money went. Um, there, oh, we've talked we've about talked this. We've talked about Zakistan, I love this one. The dude that made his own country. Yes. This was the precursor to Chaz in Seattle. I'm going to go there. <laughs> 
Um, the the we've talked about the headstone uh, on uh, Lily Elmer Gray. Gray. Yeah, yeah, Lily Gray, victim of the beast six six six, and his his psych, her psycho husband Elmer Gray. And then this one, this is truly a strange thing because this is a weather phenomenon that we just don't see here. Um, back in 1999, we had a tornado hit downtown Salt Lake City. Didn't do a ton of damage. I actually think this last this storm, hurricane, a couple weeks the ago, hurricane did more force winds did more damage than the tornado. But that is a pretty odd occurrence. But for also, uh, outdoor retailers were, was going at the same time as oh, this, yeah, and right. so it was. And that, do you guys remember? Because my boyfriend Delta, was working with the, the Delta Center. Yeah. Do you remember it was the Delta Center? Yeah, it will always be the Delta Center. Speaking of the Delta Center, Jerry yeah, Sloan's house is for sale for $2 million. And I didn't know that my friend's parents live like down the street. And I texted her today and I was like, do you know your parents live by Jerry Sloan? And she was like, yeah, my dad used to golf with him all the time. <laughs> and I was like, he was a cool dude. Well, this week we are joined uh, by one Mr. Josh. Uh, is it Olivas, Olivius, Ol- Ol- Olivas? Olivas. Like, oh, leave us alone already. Okay, Olivas. Josh <laughs> Olivas. Um, Josh is actually uh, an engineering buddy of Jeremy's. Yeah. At least that's what Jeremy says. I, you don't have to agree. That's true, I promise. I actually found him in a parking lot. <laughs> He's also a listener uh, of the show. So, um, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Um Tell us a little bit about yourself, Josh. First first question we always ask every guest. What month were you born? January. The best month. April. Yeah. Spring baby. It's getting too warm by You April. guys weird me out so, how quickly that's you know when that nine months. I know, me too. April. No, that's when you were conceived. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, your parents were uh, fucking on Easter. <laughs> is it? Would it be? Yeah. Conference weekend. Conference oh, weekend. Could have Not been. my parents. No. <laughs> no. no. Are you sure no. they weren't drinking and fucking instead of going to conference? I mean... Maybe they're doing conference shots. They, t- they could have been, but they are not Mormon, so. Well, yeah, conference shots, so you can watch it on TV. That's fair. Every time they say Idaho. Oh, could you imagine? Idaho. Be gone in like Jesus. 22 Jesus. minutes. <laughs> the priesthood. <laughs> Heavenly Father. Father. Oh, Heavenly okay. Father. That's a good one. <laughs> farm. A farm boy in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Growing up with my meth addiction. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, see, I would, the fasted testimony meetings or testament or whatever they're called, I'd be in on those if it was a really good church that had people that actually did shit, like bad shit. Well, it's they're not <laughs> testimony about, like, yeah, it's not a yeah. confessional. They're like, no, it's cool, supposed though. to be about how, like, it's their life. It's not testifying. No, but yeah. it's like how their life was improved or got better, right? And when I was on meth, see, now that would be interesting. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, you never see someone who's like, right up. Oh. you know, when I was 18, I was strung out, living on the streets, had three kids to four different moms. Like, none of that happened. Three kids to four moms? <laughs> yep. Twins. <laughs> Amazing. From two different no, moms. No, 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 no. You went backwards. That's that's not right. And then when I, when I was a lot lizard, it's when I hit the lowest yeah. of low. When I when I was sucking dick for crack, wow! And then I came to church and I found Jesus. Yeah, I would I would applaud. I, I found stand space applaud. Jesus, and my space life Jesus. has turned around. Now I teach your kids. Who wants and some your candy? kid's a troublemaker, and I hate your kid. And by the way, don't do drugs. <laughs> Like, wouldn't that be a much better testimony yeah. than like, cause isn't, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've only been to like one or two Mormon services and, and pack, what's going on over there, Jess? Sorry, I didn't expect the sound to come on to that. <laughs> and, and we're, you know, we're, uh, I've only been to a couple and we're, um, 
talking like back before they shortened the service and before COVID happened, which killed it. Uh, and, and it, there were these guys that would get up and, and say those things, but I don't know. Like but not, nothing that, juicy. Nothing, nothing juicy. Good. It was like, well, you know, I was on my own. I was really struggling. And then I found God and I found a wife and I stopped masturbating. They don't ever say that part either. They don't even talk <laughs> about their porn addiction and half of them are addicted to porn. It's the number one health concern in Utah right it is. now. So yeah. the governor it has is a crisis. It is definitely a crisis. It's worse than COVID. It is. Honestly. It's terrible. You know, when you go to Pornhub, you have to identify that you're over 18 specifically because of the state of Utah. <laughs> I wouldn't know, but it I can sa- confirm. It says it right on there that you have to, because of the state of Utah, or yep. because you're you in look, Utah. Click the little checkbox or something and then continue. Yeah. Something but I don't like know. That. I'm not sure. You have no idea. No personal experience. However, that, that little I am over 18 stops all of the underage children. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I've never proven. seen a 13-year-old kid go, shit, I'm out. <laughs> well, can do this. On my they phone that no one else is ever going to see my browsing history on my iPhone as I'm sitting in the bathroom in an incognito browser. <laughs> but then you have like a family plan. Are you just talking or... about porn? No. 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 <laughs> Not at all. Uh, did you put her in her kennel? No, I gave her some food. Oh. I'll keep her busy for like 20 minutes. Did you put it in a puzzle? Snuffle map. Yes. That's five minutes. Uh, so, Josh, back, back besides Josh. having parents that have sex in the spring uh, <laughs> drinking the conference, um, were you born here in Utah then? Uh, no. Born in, I don't know, New Mexico. We've been there <laughs> for a little while. Born this in, is a I first. Know. I don't know where I was born. It's like I just make it up every time someone asks Box me. Boxcar so. somewhere between Utah and Montana. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, honestly... We'd lived like that for like a couple of years, you know. They went to Fast and Testimony later saying exactly that. So mm-hmm. we had our son, you know, in the boxcar. Uh, New Mexico, grew up in Arizona, moved here. Why'd you move here? To get away from the shitty Arizona heat. That's a good choice. Yeah. That's a good choice. So did you move here with your family or just you? Just me. Plus so I was like super religious at the time, but huh? so Utah was a place to come. Oh, so you were super religious. I, I, yeah, I was. Yeah. Your parents were not though. No. Never. No, no. They, so, so I grew up Catholic. Where, where, where in Arizona? Like Phoenix or Tucson or? Uh, Phoenix, a suburb of it, Chandler. Okay. It's kind yeah. of near Gilbert. Yeah, I know where that, where that's at. My dad lived in Glendale, Arizona for a long time. Ooh, yeah, that's two, two hours away drive from, yeah. from Gilbert. But, but still in the Phoenix metro yeah, area. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now you still just take one freeway to get there. Doesn't he have in a trailer somewhere with like tin foil on everything so the aliens I don't, don't? Fucking no, dude. We actually don't know where he lives uh, he, anymore. No, he's in Oklahoma. I found oh, him. Oh, well, that's okay. His, what? <laughs> that's <laughs> your quota. Like that's your like one. That's the only one you get for the show, buddy. <laughs> I'll give you mine. You don't get one. You're a guest. <laughs> Damn it. He gets all he wants. He's a guest. <laughs> Are you a dad? No. Then, then you, you can't have one. any dad jokes. <laughs> you don't yep. get one. That's, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I like how he said it, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> not, not, not any Good God, no. <laughs> so how does that, how does that happen? I know, I know Arizona's got a fair number of Mormons. Like, it's yeah. not a, yeah. it's, it's not like when you go to Denver and it's like less than 2% of the population. Right. Arizona's much more. Oh, I know. I only saw one Mormon church all three times I've been there. Yeah. I was in Denver. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I haven't. I was there a couple weeks ago, and I haven't. Yeah, they're, they're we really were just here that last weekend. My daughter just moved there. Uh, oh, right, right, yeah, I was hearing that. So, so how does how does a Catholic boy or grow up Catholic living in Arizona become a Mormon when the parents are still Catholic? Um, 
The spirit? <laughs> it wasn't the spirit. <laughs> the spirit. Though. I promise. Well, I know that now. I know that very well now. Uh, it was just a very nice feeling, you know? Um, I don't know. It's kind of just... I was a couple years into college, and... Oh, so this wasn't even, like, little Josh. No. This was college. No. Josh. This was adult... Knew what I was getting myself into, <laughs> Josh. When what college were you going to? Arizona State. Arizona State. Yeah. No, don't say. Aren't yo. they the Wildcats? No, no, no. <laughs> it was a kidding. I was kidding. He was just saying, getting ready to say not to say that, so I had to hurry and say it. Okay, good. <laughs> it's from Speed. Yeah. 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 What about the guy from the bus on the boat? Speed too. No. Specifically, the very first one. You on never the bus. heard that, Jess? <laughs> she started giggling over there. <laughs> That's what we used to call it, the guy from the bus on the boat. That's Speed Two. That's the what's the name of the movie. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so you're you're in college. You're enfranchised with the Mormons. It wasn't for a girl, was it? Nope. Wow, that's that's hardcore. That's crazy. So was it a missionary that got you? Uh, no. Like, how did I, you how did you get introduced into the Mormon faith from being a Catholic? Someone slide one of the cards into your door. Because while Arizona no. is is considerably Nothing. more Mormon, like the Phoenix area, I don't know what the percentages are. It's it's considerably more than a lot of places. Um, that's that's just a weird place. Like that's a a lot of people call it a cult uh, in other areas of the country. <laughs> Some people here call it. a So cult how did too? you fall yeah. in with the uh, the cult? The As it were, the church, yeah. No, he grew up Catholic. The church was it is, the cult? Yeah, that's what the is the church. Is it the Catholics or the Mormons? Fuck them all. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, how'd you get introduced to it? I, I, this is really interesting to me because I, I'm, I'm curious. It's a it's a weird story. It was always a great uh, it's a great thing to share because like all the members were like, oh my god, it's so beautiful. Well, I guess not. Oh my god, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, I just f- decided one day that. I didn't want to be Catholic anymore. I was sitting in Catholic mass and I was just like, I don't feel like there's any community here. No one really knows each other. You just come for 45 minutes to an hour and then you leave and you just rush out to yep. try to get out of the parking lot as fast as you can. And I'm like, something's missing. And I was still super religious at the time. And I'm like, I just, there needs to be, I feel like there's more to it. And I so you decided to go to the place where they spend three hours. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if that's like what was happening in the back of my mind. Minutes was not enough. <laughs> yeah, just, we just need to just up the time limit. I don't care about the quality. Just so give that, me the quantity. So did you quit just like a year and a half ago when they cut the time? Down to <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is bullshit. Like, if it's true, it's three plus hours. <laughs> you ever sat through a Southern Baptist? It sermon? didn't start out that way though. It wasn't always three. Hours. It was longer. Yeah. Was it really? I am. So when I was a little kid and we lived in Iowa, you'd go to church on Sunday for, that was a couple, two, three hours. And then Mutual and Priesthood and Relief Society was on the weekday. But that was, that was because you were, yeah. So, but they actually started out separately, but it was too costly during the war. And so they made more things on Sunday to make it longer. So. So it was shorter, okay. then longer, now it's shorter again. Then, so when I was a kid in the 70s, it was like... Meanwhile, Catholic Church, I just want you to know, has still stayed 45 minutes to an hour. Right? <laughs> Everybody, like, you start checking your watches at, like, 59 minutes, you're like, priest, You're like, why priest. is this priest... Um, yeah. Now's not the time for this monologue. Oh, We're paying uh, your wages. Uh, anyway, <laughs> why is it longer than three minutes? Yeah. Who, who gave this guy the, the ambo over yep. here? Okay, so back to your story, because we're digressing all over the place. Uh, I don't even remember where we were at. So so you're like, there's got to be something better. 
How'd you no, he said there's got to be oh, something longer. <laughs> <laughs> they are synonyms, at least at that time for me, apparently. Um, I don't know, because I didn't have any friends that I knew that were in the church. I didn't grow up with any. I mean, I, I, looking back, I saw tons afterwards, and I realized, oh, yeah, you guys all are. But I didn't know at the time, at least not in high school, not through college. And I seriously don't know what got me, because there was no person, there was no missionary, there was no pass-along car. There was nothing. So, like, no one gets the credit. <laughs> I baptize, or I convert myself. Nobody else gets that credit, so don't let anybody try. Mm-hmm. Um, I just went to, I think I went to Barnes & Noble, and I was like, you know what? I just need to read about the Mormons. And read some stuff, and I'm like, this feels right. And so, like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Were you I, high? Huh? Were you high? <laughs> I probably high on the Have spirit. Have you heard about the Church of Scientology? <laughs> Thankfully, after this horrible p- moment in my life, because who knows what would have happened had I heard it then. But yeah, so that's interesting. I yeah. just and it, I investigated on my own for a couple weeks, and then went and asked a friend to meet the missionaries. So I like requested them myself, and then seven. Did days... your parents drop you on your head when you were little? Yes. Oh, so yeah. There you go. Uh huh. Several times. So. So how does that, I mean, you transition, you, so you finish school at, uh, you know, one of the Arizona schools. And then you're like, I have to the go only, to the Mecca. A true wildcat. <laughs> <laughs> I prayed to the east for a little while and then I realized Utah's to the north, so that wasn't going to work anymore. So, so you decide, I mean, was it right after you graduated from college that you're like, I'm going to get out of here and get out of the heat and go to the homeland? Uh, yeah, I was, so I've hated, Arizona just because it's so like oppressively hot for the longest time and uh, I'm super sensitive to it so like the cold is the best 50 degrees and lower anything above 50 and I just start sweating so I've known for a long time that all I wanted to do was to leave Arizona and when I was going into college I was just searching around random colleges and the University of Utah was my number one and so that's where I was supposed to be that's where college was supposed to happen but then some family stuff happened, and that kind of all fell apart. So I ended up staying in Arizona, and had already loved Utah at that point, just not for anything religious. Before, yeah. So I, oh, I came, checked out the university, two thousand nine. So my like senior year of high school, I think. Looked at the university, and then we just made it a year, a yearly thing to come up to Salt Lake for either for Thanksgiving or for like fall break or something, just just to get away because it was such a freaking beautiful place right so i just fell in love with that and then um i was still a year out on college i finished that year put in my papers to go on a mission and then your parents thrilled oh no (laughs) (laughs) oh they weren't helping you pay for the mission so (laughs) in a weird moment of weakness at that time my dad was like you know what i don't understand but i guess i'll help you and so he was going to do something and something. And he's like, and I'll, I'll pay for half or something, either half or all of it. And it was a big deal. And then three weeks before I was leaving, he's like, actually, never mind. You're on your own. And I'm like, cool. So it was a great attitude. And uh, I His went. Catholic guilt was getting him, but it didn't overcome. No, the Catholics cult. are, ju- they're just really judgy. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, my mom has always just said, Yeah, but the said, reason like, he was going to pay was the Catholic guilt. Oh, maybe. And then, that, oh, and then it was oh, overridden yeah, yeah. by it the... Was, I mean, it was Then it was overridden by the... I, yeah, this Probably. is the true church thing. So, so you went on a mission then? Yep. 
Where to? Mongolia. Oh, cool. Yeah, so... Um, I feel like you looked like you... Did you learn how like to murder Mongolia. people? I, I feel like... Yeah. I already knew how to murder people. <laughs> yeah, but like efficiently, because Attila the Hun... Listen, when you're gone. when you have a hot... A Gen- hot soul, like that's you just the Genghis Khan is estimated you. to have killed forty million people. Yeah, sounds about he's right. He's efficient. So he's, did you learn? Very... Did you learn more efficiency? Uh, no, but I did learn that what fueled them was this, uh, like fermented milk candy. Mm. That no, no, it's not no. good. Mm. No, and I'm sorry to anybody who what's is it Mongolian. called. Um, Adolf, Adolf, they have a, they, they, it's pretty pervasive, so you can get a drink made out of it, you can get somebody, so somebody. So the candy itself like boozy? It's like beer milk. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, but it's just, it's just so sour. You can't taste anything else. There's a little bit of like powdered sugar on some of them, but it's, some of it's crunchy, some of it's soft, and it all gets stuck in your teeth, and it is the worst Butterfinger ever. Because <laughs> it doesn't taste like a Butterfinger. No. So, wow, that's wild. You found the church in college. You go on a mission. Then what? You come back. So I had uh, health problems from what I'd later find out was autism. Just a bunch of, like, uh, anxiety and depression was getting to the point where I'd have, like, eight to ten hour long panic attacks. And I just, I wasn't, I I loved where I was and what I was doing because it was super cool. I mean, how else am I going to go just live in a random country and learn language? I'm now fluent in a language that, like, nobody speaks, so it's <laughs> cool. Um, but something in my brain was just, like, too much new, can't can't adjust to this. And so after a year, I came home and... Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't want to be with my family because rather anti-Mormon at the time and I was not thrilled to be around that especially as like a return missionary who kind of failed his mission um, so I came up here I bought a a plane ticket Allegiant Airlines if you ever oh, yeah, we have the little ones between That's yep. right. Provo to uh, to Mesa which is the like airport's right where I live 45 bucks something like that yeah I think I moved here for $38 yeah is what it was <laughs> and uh, it was just supposed to be like hey I'm gonna go up and check it out and meet with a friend and we'll look at some houses and kind of see and uh I didn't buy a return ticket at the time, and I was just going to feel it out. And then a couple weeks into it, the prices for all the return tickets were like $300, and the place we found was going to be about $300. So I'm like, you know what? I guess I'm just going to start living here now. <laughs> and so I did. And uh, just so had left my, all your stuff pretty much uh-huh. home. And I just had like my little uh, duffel bag of stuff. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, it was so super weird. having been to Mongolia, do you like the who? <laughs> Have you listened to the Who? Yes. You know? Okay. Yep. I definitely do. They're uh, so good. It's cool, and I I like seeing how popular they're getting, just kind of around around the country too, because it brings just a little bit more attention to Mongolia. Because I haven't really heard much from them, you know, on yeah, the I world think, scene. I think people think that Mongolia doesn't exist. Anymore. Although, truthfully, right. if you listen to the lyrics, like if you. Yeah. When I watch stuff on YouTube, I would caption Or it. Right. they have English versions of their songs out. And it's pretty much yeah. all like, yeah, what are, what are you pussies doing? Let's rise up and kill everyone again. <laughs> <laughs> that's just there's, a good there's synopsis. There's some intensity behind, all, yeah. They're, all they're their songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like glorifying the guy that killed 400 or 40 million people, you know. Yeah, and he's super, super, super revered still. And I remember at the time, 
being really confused, like as a missionary out there being like, um, a lot of the fasting testimony was about, you know, I, I want to have the strength of Chinggis Han, Chinggis, by the way, Chinggis, Chinggis Han, yeah. rather than Genghis Khan. Um, I want to have the strength of Chinggis Han. They have like giant posters or pictures of him. Massive statue thingy. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the silver one. But, like you can get on. It's like so oh, big. Was... It's like a, you can, yeah, it's, there's a massive, it's, I think it's out west of the capital a little bit. I didn't get out there to see like it. You can, it's, it's like huge. the Sphinx kind of big. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this This is a guy who, uh, this is like, I don't know, it's totally not about Utah, but this is a guy, you know, who dominated civilizations. Like, yeah. you, you think of, like, the Roman Empire, they didn't kill 40 million people. Oh. They didn't take over as much world as he took over at right. one point. So, of course, he's revered. He's, he's a great warrior, leader, like... Brought a lot of, I guess, fear, but also, like, respect to... Mongolian people at the time. They built a fucking wall you can see from outer space right. because of him. <laughs> Whether or not it was effective doesn't matter. They built a humongous fucking wall that you out. can see from outer space that runs like the the entire border. It's insane. So obviously he instilled fear. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty good at it. Even that statue is kind of scary. Like his, yeah. yeah imagine. His, I oh. imagine. So cool, though. So anyway, so so you get, you you move to Utah uh, and you take up residence and, and what are you doing now? I am a <laughs> I am jealous of the delicious crunching noises. Yeah, the uh, dogs. The dogs the eating a bone that Jeremy gave her a couple weeks ago. It's all your fault, Jeremy. Come on, you should have known. Should have known. Should I take it and switch it with a chew? No, it's fine. Okay, <laughs> you, you can't hear it on the mic, so it's just us that can hear it. I'm just jealous. No one else can be, though. Um, I'm doing... I bounced around for a while when I got here, because I'd already had a degree, but political science it's not, doesn't make shit. It's about as useful as any other degree. Yeah. Probably. No, probably less. Don't give it that. No, my, my daughter's struggling. She just got her degree in uh, biology, and she's like, what are you, like, unless you specialize in like nursing or something, there's nothing you could do with the ball. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, I, it should have been... I wish more people would have told me, like, if you're going to do that degree, you got to have, like, something specific in mind and kind of oh, tag she back does. And forth with it. She just has to have a master's and a whole bunch of oh, stuff to yeah, do that, it. So she, but... That, too. That's tough. Yeah. Poli-sci is a fine degree. There's nothing wrong with poli-sci. It's, it was just... Well, I guess the problem was, like, I was supposed to use that to go into the military, and I had, like... I had everything all planned out. I was in ROTC in college for a little bit, and then... All the, the whole degree was supposed to be useful and kind of like drive me into that. So it was like Middle East studies um, and Arabic and some stuff that I did in college, or those were the things I did in college. And then it, I, I didn't end up going into the military. And I went back a couple of years later to try to contract. And then the MOSs that were available to me at the time were just, it was, I was going to be either a laundry specialist or a prison guard. <laughs> and that was after I was already supposed to be an officer. Sweet, yeah, so I'm like, your hard pass. Yeah. So I just, I was like, well, I guess I'll figure it out later. And so, uh, yeah, I, I bounced around because of that for a little while and then decided, well, maybe I should do the degree I wanted to do here at the U originally, which was, um, structural engineering. And so, I, I mean, I started, I worked with some of the professors there and at BYU to see if I could just skip my uh, bachelor's degree and just do like a master's in structural, see what I needed to, to make up. That was kind of the plan. And then contacted the place I'm working at now. 
And they're like, yeah, sure, come on out. And I had some IT background at the time, so they're like, this is perfect, we're really small, and you can kind of be our IT guy and also be going to school. Um, school plans changed, I didn't end up actually doing that, <laughs> but uh, I've been doing structural engineering now for like residential houses for four or five years now and doing the IT, and now at this point I'm primarily IT and I think about to be probably full-time IT here soon just because we've grown so much now we need it. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, so, I also hear you're into beer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was, before I joined the Mormon Church, like, hyper-focused on it. I could tell you, like, the probably the top 100 craft brewers around the country, their top beers. I had tried most of them. Uh, and have them still, all the bottles still in my room. Nice, very nicely organized. I was there a couple weeks ago and it looks nice. <laughs> and, um. Is that the last time you were in your own room? Yeah, a couple, a couple weeks. weeks ago. Yeah. Where you been staying, man? Oh, no, like my, where I grew up. My oh. room growing up. <laughs> I was like, like, wait, what are you talking about? You've been living out of your car? You or want something? me to be you living at my family's house this whole time? But I get you. Yeah, no, I was, I went back and visited in Arizona, so. So they like you now that you're not a Mormon, by the way? <laughs> they, they, whatever happened, I don't know. Uh, but I came back. I mean, I moved to Utah because I kind of expected my parents to be like really, um, just living with them was going to be just a little bit too much conflict. But so I, I kind of moved away, but something had happened because when I came back, I feel like they had just done 180 and they were taking interest in everything I was doing and trying to understand. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, I, it wasn't even a full two-year mission. What would have happened at two years? My daughter's only been gone for a week and I'm sad. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's That sucks. She's not on a mission, though. She ain't coming back. No. she's. Uh, if she ever moves back to Utah, uh, uh, I'd probably step over my jaw because it <laughs> dropped to the floor. So, into in craft beers before Mormon... Do you stop being Mormon and were you like right back in it drinking heavily? And- so what changed? Like what, sh- what shifted? Cause now your parents have accepted you and you're, <laughs> you're in the Mecca. Like what, what? Um, it was a little bit just, you went to school and you're like, Oh, that was stupid. <laughs> it was a lot, of, a lot of weird, confusing parts. Um, okay, wait, sorry. Say that one more time. Where did the Bishop touch you is what she wants to know. <laughs> I just I want to know how you moved into this religion wow. and and converted yourself. How did you like unconvert yourself? Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I think part of it was just being a little bit. Uh, I'm super, super, super shy, and so being in like big groups of people, pretty much impossible for me. Um, moving away from my home ward where everybody was like really, they knew I was new, and so they were like really extra like family and loving and stuff and kind of welcomed me moving away from that and just getting into like a singles board um was awful they're like hey dude why aren't you married why didn't you finish your mission what the hell's wrong with you yeah it was it was just it was too too weird i think a mix of that kind of started plus he was really old let's be honest he came back from his mission after college that is old. yeah i uh rm at 23 yeah and you're and you're in and you're in you know singles board at 23 everyone's married and having kids by that point yeah, yeah, I'm but they're not in the singles ward, babe. He's like, what? They're not in the singles ward. Well, yeah, they're but married. they're just disappearing out of the singles ward. <laughs> so it's come either. back though. It's a shame all the people who were still yeah. in the singles. He was actually young for the singles ward. That's true. Probably. They were all like, they were all like post thirty oh, yeah, divorces. Actually, yeah, sure, yeah, I was on the younger end. That's right. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> He's like, I can find me a cougar. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, you won't have sex until we're married? Never mind. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Someone lied to me. What kind of cougar are you? Do you have like a six-figure <laughs> income you can support me with, lady? <laughs> and you graduated from BYU? You're a double cougar? This is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> double cougar that might be the show double cougar there, that's, a double good cougar. that's a good idea it's better than sun devil that's the dumbest ass oh good yeah heard. no it's it's kind of cool like the pitchfork thing is kind of cool and it kind of <laughs> have you logo. seen the mascot yeah he looks like a shitty cartoon character did you see disney i don't know what the hell was going on but they like partnered with disney in some way for a short time and so disney redesigned the Sun Devil and made it a Disney looking Sun Devil and it was awful. And I yeah. think for like two months, everybody was like, fuck you. We are not, that is not no. <laughs> and so they like went back. I don't know what they did, but we have the regular one back. So if you think that one's bad, you should have seen I'm maybe 2012. I'm going to look it up. Disney, yeah, 2012 Disney version. <laughs> Let's see how bad this is. <laughs> oh yeah. No, that's pretty. It's like, it's like, uh, in the, it's in the context, maybe, of, um, like, Steamboat Willie style. Steamboat Willie. Take Steamboat Willie. Oh, it's Add funny. I put Disney Mar- Sun Devil and, and did an image search, and, like, the third picture is fucking Steamboat Willie. <laughs> 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 it's right there. That, that is, is disturbing. Too good. That right. is too good. Right. So you thought... Main one's bad. Maybe it's because they're filming all the Airbud movies there. <laughs> but to be fair, it's still bad. It is. It is really just an ugly mascot. He's, he's a little cute little devil, you know. That's he's... okay. What was your high school mascot? That's what's really important Wolf. in this podcast. Hey, mine too. Did you go? Uh, no, I grew Did up you... in Wyoming. <laughs> Dang it! I was gonna say, were you sneak secretly there and no. Chandler with me? No, oh. no, well, God, never mind. No. What color were you? I've been to Arizona. Uh, green? And yeah, it doesn't white count then. And something else, I don't know. Blue or nothing? What? How's a fucking wolf blue? <laughs> it's frozen? <laughs> so, semantics. That's not the case here. So you're back into you're back into beer, so you fell out of you fell out of the, the church and decided I'll take a six pack a day. Is that uh yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's about it. No, I, I found myself out it, it kinda took a couple of years. Um, I was just being like really nervous with people and getting nervous with crowds and, um, and having very heavily pushed out being gay. And I finally realized at 25, like, eh, I'm just going to own it. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to trade. probably not the right religion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I've made a mistake. <laughs> Can I make a U-turn? Is there, is there, is there an off ramp somewhere here? Um, and yeah, I traded. I traded God for some self-confidence. So. Hey. Just, good. A good move there. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, honestly, that's why a lot of people seek out religion is they lack confidence and they're looking for something to fill a spot in their life. Right. And so, you know, if, if that's Just don't you, let the bishop fill you. that spot in you. <laughs> don't just blame the bishop, dude. It's Catholic priests, too. In fact, they get the more trouble for it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've had a lot of trouble with with uh, Catholic priests recently. Uh, no, that's because they're really good at keeping it under wraps. <laughs> They've learned they've because had, they are that. They've church. had thousands of <laughs> literally a couple thousand years of practice. practice. <laughs> it's true. You know, initially they were able to just tell people because they couldn't read anything for themselves. I think the Catholics really hated the printing press in, at first. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. 
Truth. I mean, there really was a lot of loss of control once that printing press hit mm-hmm. because then they had to for everything that well, existed. Yeah, and, it's true. And then people learned to read, and that was really exactly just the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah, both of those could, together. Yeah. And, and then people can look up, you know, Google Google Mormonism for themselves and right. that great decision. <laughs> so, what's your favorite beer? Um, I think Alaskan Amber is up there. It's real simple, real basic. I just, for whatever reason, really enjoy that one. Um, Odell's has one called Isolation Ale, which comes out in winter, and it's kind of like a, well, maybe like 7% alcohol, nothing too fancy, but, um, it's just spiced really nicely. Uh, let's see. Whistler Brewing Company has a grapefruit ale. There's a lot of grapefruit ales now, but I, uh, that was the one I found first, and it was just like drinking like a full grapefruit. It was amazing. The Skagway Brewing Company. That was one that we went to when we were in Alaska. Skagway. I don't think I've actually been to that, though. Good. It's just a tiny little local brewery, microbrewery. I'm pretty sure you just named a whole bunch of beers that Chris despises. No. They're fine. Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) Uh-oh. He's a a dark beer drinker. I am, too. Like, like the darker you can get for me, the better. It's just weird that I like kind of some of these lighter ones because of that. He's found a place in Denver when we fly uh, out. So the a, next time you're there, uh, they have a well. They have a brewery in Denver that makes a raspberry Kolsch, and it's really. Good. Oh, I bet that's good. so. He found that the oh, lot the first time. I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, I, feel I was like, like that sounds really familiar. Yeah, um, we're just at some general bar or whatever. But yeah, so he's had that the last. It's a great few times we've been to dinner. I don't know. Let me look it up. He's looking it up. I got a Google box in front of me. Yeah, my Google. <laughs> is it similar to the raspberry wheat that, like, you went Princess Yum Yum. What? What? It's the Denver Beer Company's Princess Yum Yum Raspberry Kolsch. Plus, no, it's got the <laughs> best fucking name ever, Princess Yum Yum. I think that was what drove, draw, drew me to it initially. Well, that and it's name. a Kolsch. Yeah, I love a good Kolsch. Kolsches are good. So aren't so. dark either, though. Huh? They're not super dark. No, Kolsch's no but not. they're ambery. Yeah. They're, eh. Like I said, he, he leans to the darker. They're, they're fuzzy. And it, the, the raspberry one is, is actually very red from the raspberry. It smells really good. Fuzzy? Huh? Did you say it was fuzzy? Yeah, Kolsch's are like really, um, I guess fuzzy is the only word I can come up with. They're, they're, they're very, um, they look like an unfiltered sake, uh, yeah, a lot they, of the times. They're, they're very, uh, um, opaque. Yeah, unfiltered was the word yeah, I was going to go for. Yeah, opaque. But I there's not like a lot of sediment at the fuzzy, bottom. Though. <laughs> I don't know. Like. The fuzz in this beer right now. Yeah. Uh, you brew your own at all? I, I have wanted to so many times, and that's currently on my list of things to go buy. At somewhere down here was like fifty. I don't know the beer nut. Salt City. Maybe. Salt City Brewing. I yeah, I think it was that. I've been meaning to get the supplies for so long now. Um, I even took a took a class at Arizona State for the science of beer brewing. Nice. I was nineteen, so I couldn't like I couldn't drink anything. Uh, we would do like beer tastings and stuff, and like I couldn't. I, I think I just snuck into most of those. I wouldn't like drink anything, but I just wanted to be there like in the bar for the class. And so he would take us off campus and show us like how to do it and what the process is and specific gravity of stuff, and just it, it was amazing. So I I know a little bit about it, and I've been wanting to do it. I just haven't done it yet. I don't do it because it's too much effort. Is it? Yeah. It's a couple me. weeks, and I feel like if I do anything wrong, it's well, a couple just, weeks wasted. Yeah, that's just it. Like, you're not really doing anything for those two weeks. Like, once you brew it, and you're right. just leaving it and making sure it doesn't explode in your right. garage. But 
if it sucks, then you wasted all that time yeah. and you got to start over. Yeah, but you just said you're not doing anything for those two weeks. It's not like you wasted time. But no, but you it's did because it's two weeks that you're not brewing another batch. But you, places, places like the Bohemian, when we were at the Bohemian, what, isn't it once a year they do a contest for anybody, anybody local who does it? And if yours wins, they'll actually brew it because that's that oh, Cerveza cool. one is one that they had for their competition. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and if you win, yeah, good. they will they will take you under their wing oh, and they will brew your stuff. So cool. You should not have told me that. <laughs> you got to be good at it though. So it's going to take some So you're going to have yeah. to The thing yeah, is work there's a lot of really fucking good craft brewers in Utah. And then so. Baba's another one. Yeah, Baba's oh. one you went to bought from uh, Oh, is that a local, that was a local yeah, brewer? A local brewer. A local guy that just guy. like at home. Oh god, that one's so good. And they won a ton of awards and you went to the Probably Chris's from favorite. He likes a a good uh, fat tire too. Fat tire is one of my favorite beers. No, what? What's wrong with that? I don't know. It's, just a, it's like... made from a small brewery in Colorado. So, do you like the double, no. triple, quadruple IPAs? No, no. Good, I, good answer. I, I don't know. I maybe I like missed this phase as I was getting really into beers, like 2011 or so, and there there was like an IPA, and that pretty much you just had one, and that was That's it. all you need. Yeah, that's all, even more than you need sometimes. And then it's like, I, I get back into it now, and that's all people are doing. I, I don't see stouts anymore. Uh, I don't see porters ever. No. Like, for, I don't even think people know what that even is. I think and because people, terrifying. people, this is what I don't understand. People are like, oh, I don't like the dark beers. They're, they're too much. Fucking IPA is like, you remember the Keystone commercials back in the day, <laughs> the bitter beer face commercials? When I drink an IPA, I feel like that fucking dude looks every time. <laughs> like, and it's not even a real IPA anymore. Like, a true, real, old school, like, IPA, like, a cutthroat is okay, right? Like, a, yeah. a cutthroat is an okay beer. It's not my favorite. It's still a little too bitter for me. But when they do, like, the, like, you know, super mega molten four time hop distilled like six times dry hopped and like, there's no. no other flavor in the bill beer. Mm-hmm. There's no complexity. It's, it's almost just, jello. It's, it's so just fucking yeah. hops. It's, it's one note. I'm terrible. Like, I feel like I'm just licking a vine of hops. Yep. Yep. And in the worst way possible. Yeah. Because I feel like some people will be like, that sounds amazing. Let me do that. No, no, it no it's awful. No, it don't do that. Sound good at all. It's the millennial um, hippie. Demons. But yeah, like I like Seriously. going. I do like going into a brewery and, and, and trying flights and, and moving your way down the beers. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a bacon beer, just fucking leave it off. They're never good. <laughs> no one's gotten it right. I've tried plenty. Liquid smoke is not the same as bacon, guys. Stop I've never tried it. that before. It's fucking horrendous. It's yeah, I don't not think I will, good. though. It's not good. I've what never about had jalapeno good cream ale? I think that would be amazing. Wasatch does it. It's really good. I think I, maybe that's why, because mm-hmm. I think I've had one. And it's really good. And it's like, you can really take, yeah, I have. And it, maybe it is Wasatch's, because it wasn't that long ago that I had it. You can really get the jalapeno through it. It's fantastic. Yeah. And it's weird, because at, at least the first drink, it's just like, oh, this is a lovely light beer. And then all of a sudden, it's just like fucking hot. And you're like, what just happened? Yeah. And then you can taste all the <laughs> and pepper. And you're like, oh, I want to drink some more beer. Oh, my God, it's not helping. <laughs> right. <laughs> The best beer I think I've ever had, like in terms of uniqueness, was the fucking chocolate beer. That that uh, was, it, was, it, was it. Uinta that did the chocolate beer for uh, Chocolate Conspiracy when they did the beer and cheese. Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I've heard of that. And and they did a beer. It was just a small keg, like a single small cask beer. It was uh, made with the the nibs. cocoa nibs that yep, uh, okay. Chocolate Conspiracy provided. It tasted like fucking cocoa puffs. That's so cool. 
It was That's so amazing. good. Uh, that was a really good beer. And then my I wouldn't even try that. I, I like chocolate. My actual favorite gotta, beer of all time, gotta be which I don't like beer. They don't. Oh. They only made it once. Another small batch. Uh, Uinta did. Was it Uinta that did the eight hundred one Pilsner? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the eight hundred one Pilsner was so good. And it was like the perfect, the best description I have is the perfect tailgating beer because it had, um, uh, Publix, uh, it was 801 Pilsner with Publix cold brew coffee. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And it was because most coffee beers are stouts, right? <laughs> That's how the, it's a dark beer. This was not. This was their, their 801 Pilsner mixed with Publix cold brew coffee. Where did you oh, get it? Because we tried it, but. Uh, it was at the stores for the a short store? amount of time. Well, it was at the grocery stores too, but it was a small batch, so it was only around for a couple of months, um, like like a year or two ago. But it was just spot on. You could have that beer at eight in the morning or eight at night, and it was so smooth. You can have Red Rocks pumpkin chocolate chip cookie beer oh, for breakfast amazing. or for dinner. I did see that. That sounds. Good. I want to try. It. I've never amazing. seen that before. Today was the first time. I was like, well, yeah, I want to try that. So do yeah. You- Ketos has Ketos has a has a bunch of amazing stuff, but they have that coffee cream that ale. That coffee cream ale is really good, good. Ketos. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. We I like, like uh okay. I like Wasatch's pumpkin that they do yearly. Yes. But like two years ago, two or three years ago when they did the nitro. Yep. That was horrible. Yeah, it was weird. I, it it, for whatever reason, it just didn't work. They only did it for that one season, mm-hmm. I think, because everybody's feedback was... Nitro, <laughs> doesn't, nitro doesn't work in a can. It was not the good. The whole point of a nitro is you have to go to the brewery and get it out of the tap yeah. and have them infuse the nitro right there. Because, it's like getting nitro coffee. Yeah, nitro yeah. coffee really only yeah. works when you Yeah, you, you remember right that. That was probably three years ago yep. they did that. Because I, I was so excited. I'm like, this sounds amazing. It was not yeah. amazing. It was not amazing. And then they went back to the regular, yep. which is good. But I, I like Talisman is one of my favorite breweries locally up in Ogden. Have you had any of their stuff? No, I don't even think so, I've heard no, of them. Oh, they're amazing. So they have a they have their own little beer bar and they make a whole bunch of small stuff that never makes it out. Um, but they're it does it does make it no, out. No, it doesn't always make it's it out too to the, high about to, alcohol. Well no no, it doesn't make it to bottles and stuff always. They, they, right, they don't like to they do a lot of it. casks that are just a lot of kegs that are just there in their beer their little beer. Oh yeah, truck. but I'm the, they do distribute though. Yeah, no, they distribute yeah. so you can get it at like Harmon's they're in the, the bigger bottles is the only way Winco. they sell it. Oh yeah, Winco, yeah, Winco I'm telling you. I I have yet to try it. I stopped by by the liquor store there right the next to the Winco. One? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that thing is so fancy. I know. I told it's you. It's so beautiful. <laughs> so they have that Irish uh, Imperial Red. <laughs> the Imperial Red Stout's really good. I like that one a lot. So it's Avalanche is the one I was telling you about. That's that one that I got that we took to Bear right. Lake. The right. Avalanche. Oh, yeah. I don't know where it good. came from. I, I don't. It's But it, they had it at Winco. And it was actually. Pretty, is it epic? I don't. I'll look it up. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was Avalanche, though. Avalanche Amber? Yeah. And it was, that's what I just fucking, that's this, this, oh no, this is full sale. This is full sale, not Avalanche. No, yeah. Yeah. So Avalanche. See, okay. it's not one I'd heard of before. They had it at Winco. I tried it. It's actually pretty good. Is it? Good? Who's Breck Brew? <laughs> Did you say Breck Brew? Oh. Local? I'm looking it up. Breck Brew. Breck. I have to oh, put my Breck age Breck. in because it's a booze site. Better not put in an age that's under 13. <laughs> Don't let Jeremy do it. 21, Shut I guess. Shut you down. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Are they local? Breckenridge Brew. Oh, it's Breckenridge, out of Colorado. Colorado. Breckenridge. Dude, Breckenridge has some great stuff. Oh, right. Avalanche Ale from Breckenridge. I've seen that before. It's it was good. I Actually, that was the one, because I like pretty much everything that comes out of Breckenridge. And I feel like I didn't like that one all that much. 
And I don't remember why. It's because it's a recommendation from Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> He's also the one that gave me that shitty lemon, lemon Coogan gross beer. He's also the one. What, did he, was it Blue Moon that he thought was a craft beer? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Was. Yeah. Blue that one time. What kind of is? That one time it's that he not. thought Blue Moon was a craft beer. Yeah. Not anymore. He thought that until I fixed it. Shun. Shun. <laughs> I didn't realize. Right. Yeah. Core zones them. Yeah. That's all right. It's fine. It's still a good beer. Just because Coors owns them. Doesn't <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, doesn't diminish the fact that it's good. It just diminishes the fact that you thought it was. I just thought it was. A cute little. Local. So, oh, yeah. not local. But anyway. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm curious. I, I want to kind of go back to, to your story a little bit. So. No, beer. <laughs> well, I mean. It might come back to that. Might, you don't know. It might be a coping mechanism. I don't know. But you were, you were saying that like the crowds and the anxiety that you had was a big part of, of leaving the church. And you said that you found out that um, it was actually tied to uh, autism. So maybe you're, you're on the spectrum at some level. Um, so tell me a little bit about your experience with that. And- um, it, it, uh, it took me a few years. I think I was 24 Maybe by the time, 23 or two, I think 24, by the time I got diagnosed with autism, didn't know anything about it before that. Just knew that, okay, I'm super weird, I'm super shy, I can mask on the outside and do an okay job, but you'll start to see that mask wear off and you'll be like, oh, there's there's the weirdo underneath it. Um, and so I've kind of known that, but then you pair that with some of the other parts of autism, like I, I just need to have... Um, consistency too much change all the time uh freaks me out being around large groups of people it's really hard because i match other people's personalities and if there's a bunch of them it's too much yeah i don't know who to match and it's just overwhelming and so i looking back there's all these little bits and pieces of it growing up um that didn't come to a head until i was out on my mission and i think from there just kind of maintained that i was really afraid of groups of people i didn't like it um terrified of having like the attention on me um so if i would go with a friend to church they'd be like oh let me introduce my friend and then everybody would be like oh hello josh welcome <laughs> to the aa meet or the whatever and that's so, not the same as church I, by the way just because they have them in church <laughs> doesn't mean it's church all right i just get my meetings confused sometimes okay <laughs> and we just made you talk about all that beer what that's kind of people think about so anyway, you so so you 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 just go to a doctor and you're like, what the fuck's wrong with me? Yeah, I'm basically what had happened was I was just uh, scrolling through Facebook. Someone was like, uh, I'm so grateful for the, the Aspergers and what it's done for me. Aspergers now is autism. It's right. the same thing. Um, and I was like, what is this? What does this mean? My dad had worked with kids um, in elementary school for I think a couple of years where he was uh, teaching like a, a class of more of like the lower functioning autism and he would describe stuff and I remember thinking like oh I like to do that I do that same thing that's my coping <laughs> and he mechanism. didn't like notice that no no and he would in fact he'd be like oh, you're so Josh you're so autistic because he would like connect it not like as a weird insult but like uh, he would connect it to something a kid did in class and he would always but joke he never about was it. like but he's never oh, serious my kid is autistic. right exactly that and is so funny it's it was like I don't know how we've all missed funny. it Right. And apparently my, my family told me later, like in, I think second grade, the teacher would, had taken him aside and was like, Hey, let's, you need to get him tested for this. But at the time in the 
for what, early 2000s. It wasn't big enough yet. And so the doctor was like, oh, no, it's, it's just He's a like, face. Nah, it's not ADHD. Yep. I don't know what the fuck I'm dealing with. Yeah, there's nothing. Just, it'll, he'll grow out of it. He'll be fine. Turns out that's not true. Um, and little kids with you it don't grow turn out into adults autism? with it. No, that's no, surprisingly, weird. despite the, uh, the, the, the myth, I guess, of Do it. Do you grow out of being gay? Uh, I haven't you yet. You into being gay, don't you? Didn't you listen to the story? He turned gay, remember? Yeah, I just chose. There was something in the water after I moved here. He went to Mongolia and came back gay. Yeah. It was weird. I just love Genghis Khan so much. <laughs> you know, it's, you're not the first person to go on a mission and come back gay. It's a weird thing that happens to Mormons. So. Oh, man, that, that was... It was so difficult. Because you just spend oh, yeah. so much time in your underwear with... With another with guy. <laughs> yeah. Fact. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, you can't even be alone, right? Like, nope. no. Nope. You're not Mm-mm. supposed to let guys even, like, take a shit by themselves, basically. You can stand well, by the door. Like, if you're out of your, if you're in your apartment, you can, you can just kind of yeah, roam the apartment. So you can, like, freely, go to the but, bathroom and take a shower and stuff. But. No. Right. But outside, you just gotta, like, if you're outside your house, then you stand by the door of the bathroom just to be. So they don't do anything gay. <laughs> or they're not having sex with someone's small child in the bathroom yeah. at their house while they're there. Like, one too many times. No, it's and it more happens, like so. the daughter, and the, they like if you ask the church, it's to protect them from like the daughters in the house. But yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to protect them from the daughters making claims. Yep. So no probably that team. That's uh yeah. So anyway, so, so <laughs> honestly, it's it's probably a safe thing to do. But so while as, an, out there. as an adult, you're like, oh, so do you do you go talk to a doctor and then and you say hey, I've got these things going on and yeah, I did. I I I looked in um into. I had just read some stuff real briefly on the internet and I was like, oh shit, that's, that's a symptom. Oh shit, that's a symptom. Holy shit, that all of these are symptoms. And it, it kind of struck me. And so I was pointed to like a therapist and they're like, oh, just find one who like might know about autism. And so talked with the therapist, didn't know the exact process, but yeah, I talked with them and, and they're like, I can't diagnose you because I'm not a psychologist. Uh, but she's like, you fit everything. We'll do some tests. With, you know, they won't be official, but we'll do some tests. We'll talk about some stuff. And she's like, I am, you have scored so high on all these tests. <laughs> and then the stuff that I talk about and, and she'd be like, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's there. And so like a year later, I went to get it officially diagnosed through a, a psychologist and she had confirmed that as well. So. Yeah, like I just you've started scored with... so high on all these tests. Congratulations. Yeah. And I was like, finally, I you do have... all tests. <laughs> you have high functioning autism. So. Yep. So how's that how's that experience been for you? I mean, now that you know that that's actually why you have some of the idiosyncrasies that you have, how have you been able to deal with that as as a result of knowing? I I wish I would have known sooner because that would have stopped the intense like alienation and isolation that I felt from everybody. Um You probably wouldn't have been Mormon. <laughs> yeah, it was probably it probably wouldn't have gone. I, I'm not kidding. Like, I mean, it's funny, but but like you probably wouldn't have had that weird sense of like searching for some. Yeah, you know what? Maybe that's what it was, and and that's how I how it came out at that moment. Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. And yeah, I just wish I wish I could have known. I didn't have to try so hard to be somebody else growing up because I got real good at acting and putting on different personalities. Um, those have come in handy now because. Uh, I can pretend I'm a normal person who, <laughs> who, uh, just so that I don't make other people feel like super awkward or super uncomfortable. Um, so it's been useful to have gone through that without knowing, but at the same time, it would have just been better to just have those answers. And then, um, 
I, I think that would have that would have all the different things I failed at are kind of explained by facets of it, and so I would have been a lot less hard on myself. Um, I wouldn't have just felt so terrible and had none of that confidence, none of that self-esteem at all. I think a lot of it came just came from that. And so knowing now means I have answers to all of that that happened. My roommate just went through the exact same thing. Um, I think he's probably older than you are, but he he's currently separated from his wife and just trying to figure things out. And he went through the same process and just got diagnosed. And I was talking to him about it recently. And I said, cause my, my younger brother is not high functioning autistic. He is, he, I mean, he's not low on the scale, but he's lower. He's right in the <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I said, did that, you know, everything in your life, just same thing you're saying just went, Oh yeah, like it's all making sense right now and and then you can find how to like fit everything else that you're doing and the relationships that you have into that knowledge. Yep. You can kind of step back from the why am I so terrible or why am I so crappy? Why is everything falling apart that I want, you know, if it's a marriage or if it's like a career, whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. You can kind of step back from that and say, "Oh, my brain struggles with these things. These things are the reasons that I'm struggling in in my uh, degree or, or career or whatever. And then you can focus on getting the help for those specific things. And it's just, it's, it's a day and night difference between floundering around, wondering why you suck versus having some answers. For me, it was super overwhelming at first. Like I, I, I got this diagnosis and I'm like, what the fuck is this even supposed to mean? I hated it. I was, well, I, I well, have hated it. Have it, loved it just it, had but, such a stigma with it. And, the diagnosis yeah. has changed, you know, over the last 40 years, you know, when you have, Definitely. you know, Ken, oh, I can't remember his last name right now, you know, but like the true rain man to now we have high functioning autism in our society, you know, right, right. but you don't, you still don't go up to people and you're like, Hey, I'm Josh. I'm autistic. <laughs> like that's, that's not like, no, that's exactly what he did in the front room. Didn't you hear him <laughs> when he came in? And I, I introduced myself to the dogs that way first. Yeah. So they didn't talk back for some reason. <laughs> like, hey guys, I'm autistic. Chill out. Handle. The other like, Oh, sorry. My, my bad. We'll stop barking. It can, be, it can be handy sometimes. So how soon after your diagnosis did you realize that there was something active in the community that you could do and did you start getting involved? Yeah. It, it took me about it took me about six months of trying to do some research and I've I found like some answers. A lot of it came from people who uh don't have autism, so they were trying their best, but not really able to like explain exactly what's happening. Um and then I finally fell upon a couple of resources down in Utah County that connected me. Um to some other programs that I was part of. And then I kind of started teaching for some of the programs and I do. Was that the new school that they just opened at UVU? Uh, yeah, the autism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, yeah. uh, I was in the, the video f- thanking the donors for that. So nice. that's fantastic. Yeah, it was pretty terrifying. I, I walked through the hallway. <laughs> yeah, I imagine they were playing it in like the auditorium and I snuck in just to me. see. Yeah. And so I walked in and I'm like looking at it from like the back door and then somebody walks out. And she looks at me. She looks back at the thing. She's like, "That's you." I get and it. I'm like, like, "Oh crap, time to go!" And then I ran. Like, no, you're like, me. "I'm autistic. Don't do that." <laughs> <laughs> what? What? No. And then I just rolled away. Somehow it was weird. I so away. I, I gotta know. Did you get vaccinated as a kid? Oh yeah. 
And is that it's, it's all the vaccine's fault? That, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't. Even. I, I, so, I, in all seriousness, now, I mean, you you listen to the show, so you know what I think about those fucking psychos. But in all seriousness, in the the autism community, is there a lot of that? Because that's one of the big key driving things that people that are anti-vaxxers point to is they say, hey, vaccines cause aut- autism, which is like saying, you know, going on a mission causes you to be gay. So. <laughs> Wait, we just Uh-oh. went over that. I thought, you, I thought that's what happened. <laughs> I still Gosh, think that's what happened. Dang so it. I'm not sure. I don't that's even not know very what good PR anymore. for the Mormon church, by the way. <laughs> Come on, kids. That's the church. Uh, no. <laughs> Maybe for you, Jeremy. Wow. Um, I think within the community, um, not anymore. Wait, Jeremy came back from his mission early. Uh-oh. Are you hiding oh, something? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I know you. I feel you, buddy. I came back early because I quit. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. I wish I would have. I wish. Yeah. You didn't know that was an option, did you? No. No. No one told me that one. It's like I had to fake bone spurs. <laughs> oh, wait. That was. Never mind. That's something. <laughs> Getting my identity mixed up with somebody else. Yeah. And some other thing all entirely, sorry. <laughs> um or is oh the within the community no. If you if you have just a, a little bit of research, a little bit of knowledge of it, if you have somebody who is autistic or if you are yourself, uh, you know pretty much right away that that's just a bullshit thing that that has been thoroughly debunked uh, no matter how you look at it. The original research for it was also debunked and I'm pretty sure the person who did it like has said, well, yeah. I hate yeah. that people use this this way. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and like got, I think got like stripped of doctorhood. <laughs> I don't know what the hell. I that think word he got is. his license stripped. Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. You still have jackasses spouting that. I was just yeah. curious yeah. because still because, Jenny McCarthy because mm-hmm. that because that is such a like that's one of the really big tenets of like anti-vaxxer is it's created all the autism, and I. I, I would venture to say autism's always been around at different oh, levels. Oh yeah, just like gay people have yeah. always been around. Yep. Just it's, people just we're been just we're just better at diagnosing them. it now. Yeah, yeah. And I, absolutely. I I do think there's there's some level of overdiagnosis. Just like you know, in the '90s, it was Ritalin, it was ADD hmm. and ADHD. Like, kid has a problem. Clearly, they have uh, an attention deficit disorder. No, they're a fucking kid, right? Like some kids Put, throw some actual parenting at them. Yeah, they, they might be fine. Don't throw not, the medication. Not to say it's not a real condition. Right. I, I've I've seen it in my own daughter. I know it's a real condition. I know medication can absolutely fix it. Yeah. But it when was you have it, completely overdiagnosed. Right. And I and I I'm of the mindset that autism is probably somewhat in that space right now because it is that big hot thing and it is an answer to behavioral problems that. Um, and I don't think that in adults it's the same thing because I don't think adults are seeking that out like, oh, I want to be autistic, right? <laughs> right. But I think well, in, uh, children aren't either. But no, parents, but children, parents, are parents and them. children's right. teachers are seeking out answers for why kids are not behaving the way they think they should be. Right. And so I, I worry that you know we're in that space now with with the with autism with Asperger's and the spectrum that we are potentially misdiagnosing it just as as an answer. Um, and I don't know if there's a question there. I just wanted to say that because I think because <laughs> I see a lot of similarities. I studied, you know, my brother got put on Ritalin when he was a kid, and I think he was probably ADD. Um, but when he got a little bit older as a kid, they're like, no, he's not ADD. He's depressed. So they switched him from from Ritalin to Prozac. <laughs> And my brother is just a it's shitty like person. <laughs> my brother's just an a, asshole. It, it, well, he used to be. He was he's a trouble kid. He's, he's been anymore. to prison for three felonies. Like, he's not a, 
He's, but I really think if he had actually been treated properly for ADD, because I totally see that in him still. But so, so yeah. I took it upon myself when I was younger and my brother was going through this to research it. And all I could see was, fuck, like every other kid is taking this shit now. And it's the way it, it became for like 15, 20 years. It was just yeah. the norm. And they've now over time, they've gotten better. And like with, with, with our daughter, you know, they have specialists that are very, very meticulous. They're very careful. They're checking statuses every time you go visit. Yep. They're giving you surveys that allow them to start to understand like, okay, they, because it is a brain imbalance for, for ADD and like, okay, they're coming out of it as they go through puberty perhaps, or they're not coming out of it, but they're, you know, their brain is adjusting so we can lower their dose of these medications. Or like with my daughter, she hates the way the medication makes her. So she's figured out how to cope with it as an adult and how to, to get through life as a functioning person with severe ADHD. Yeah. Um, and I think that's Those are all possible. Very possible. Yeah. And I think that's the same space with autism. The more we expose it, the more it's maybe not a bad thing that it's overdiagnosed because then that allows us to do a lot more studies and, and do a lot more with that group of people so that we can help people like you go, Hey, this is a way that I should be able to cope with this. Right. And the, the weird thing though, the, the only thing I'd say that that might be different because in the case of like ADHD, uh, it's easy to throw, uh, Ad- or Ritalin, Adderall, yeah. uh, you know, just throw the medication. Autism doesn't have that. There is, there's, cause it's not really of, a chemical problem, right? Right. It's, it's, it's more, uh, uh like a wiring. Yeah. That's You're kind of what I was wiring. trying to say. I'm like, exactly. There's a, a, a little bit of a genetic component to it. There's a little bit of just, uh, your brain kind of formed and the chemicals kind of release differently. And then you um, put eggshells into your bloodstream. And- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It just drives me nuts how stupid people are. It just gets crazy real fast. But yeah, it's, it's certainly, I'm not, like, it's not something you can just throw medication at. Right. And that, that's the only one where it's, where it's different here. But yeah, I, I do agree. There's, it's, it's, it's easier, I think, for at least, uh, for doctors to just say, yeah, you know what? Let somebody else handle this. That's what it is. Diagnose them with autism. Um, but you know, sometimes that's not necessarily the answer that sometimes there isn't the, the treatments don't end up helping and you kind of end up making it worse. So I think we might be on a little bit of an extreme right now. Um, but because there isn't, isn't a medication attached to it, it's kind of a weird cop out, I guess. Um, and so it's, we just can't handle this kid. So he's autistic. Right. And, and even then though, like there's not a, there's not super well-defined resources, at that point for anybody at, you know, a K-12 level. Uh, and, and as soon as you hit adulthood, like those services just fall off completely. So it's, you might want to say like, yeah, let's just label them and then that'll be done. But even the school system doesn't really know how to handle it. Well, it's, it's, it's like confusing. Uh, Tyler and Whitney's kid, uh, Micah. Right. He's, he is, um, I wouldn't say he's on like the severe autism. No, like, but he's not, he's never going to be, He's, but he's, I mean, I hate to use, but like, he's not, you're going to, you're going to be two, two minutes into a conversation with him and be like, okay, but I think he's, what's up, dude? There's not the self-awareness component where he's like, oh, let me, let me try to mask some of the, my tendencies. I I think there is now that he's getting older. He might be a little bit better at it, but definitely as a kid, like there was no way around it. He was. Oh yeah. I know. I think I was, especially when he had a little brother who kind of would surpass him. Oh yeah. Then you were like. There's definitely something going on when, right. when, when 
you know, the two year old little brother is past the six year old little brother in social and, and, you know, get catching social cues and stuff like that. Like, but I mean, he was, he's like one of the sweetest little kids. How old is he now? High school kid. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't been friends with him for, and and that's what I'm saying. Like now that he's older, he definitely is a lot more self aware of like, Hey, I don't do good in social situations. I'm, you know, I'm a unique individual and, I don't function well when there's a bunch of people around me. Yep. But he's he's not any different. He's just more aware. Yeah, he's but, just more yeah. aware of it, and he's able. Which but it sounds like when you were a little too. kid, you weren't that bad, or people, or I think people would have recognized. It a little no, more. I, I so it's kind of a half and half. I, I think I picked up on being called weird pretty early, and so I I really didn't like that, and I I still don't, and so I just tried to mask as much as I possibly could and I, I would watch uh stand-up comedians and copy them and i would it's kind of why my whole like joke profile i think exists as like a way of just yeah you haven't done any coping jokes, so that's good <laughs> i give you mine you can have as many as you want <laughs> he's got a whole book of them at home good it's, it's, a, box. More of them. it's a box but so so you use i mean then that's a good coping mechanism that a lot of people do where they use comedy to to mask problems or mask insecurities so i may have picked up on that sooner i'm not i'm not i'm not entirely sure i I kind of feel like i'm a little bit of an oddball in the autism community which is already um a bit of a minority community in that i i don't know why i've gotten as good at masking as i am and it's not even amazing by no means but just it seems to be more when i was working with the school i come in contact with hundreds of adults with autism and I can, I tend to do it better than a lot of my peers, I guess. Yeah. Can you talk about some of those resources for adults? Uh, yeah. Um, I think it's kind of a thing that's still growing. Um, and we're still trying to figure out how to like best identify, uh, identify and get help. But something like, uh, the passages program at UVU and that's kind of, ties in with the, the autism center there um passages program is a social skills group for adults and it meets twice a week uh part of it is uh like a um psychologist or therapist kind of teach like uh how i, I guess like a how to how to be social type of thing uh, but not in like a strictly you know sit down and, and take notes type of thing it's just kind of an interactive way and then follow that up with like a more of a social night where you kind of get to practice those skills. Um, so that's really helpful, especially if you're super shy or uh, just don't know a lot of people. It's a great way to meet new people uh, in the area because you're not going to go find an autism group that's hanging out in a social place somewhere. <laughs> you're not going to go to a bar named Sue and Ex- find a bunch of autistic people. Exactly. Well, you might we on hide. social night. <laughs> <laughs> on unsocial just saying. Night. But I think that's a that's a great resource, and that's kind of where I jumped in um, initially. And then there's um, uh, this is another one another one for adults, Scenic View Academy, um, and that one's a, a more of a, a well, what are the words? I, I used to have I used to be so good at explaining all these things, and I you lost have all the words. words, the good words. No, you know all well, the words. we're we're like over an hour in, so you probably lost them all talking to us oh, for some. That's right. <laughs> Let's rewind just a minute. I'll get a couple of those words back. Um, it's uh, you go live, and it's a, like a full immersion program, I guess. And uh, 
learning about how to do life skills, whether that's uh, maintaining, uh, living, like living independently, maintaining uh, transportation, maintaining your living space, uh, work, uh, soft skills, how to engage with employers, um, help with education, help with some social stuff. It's, it's a lot bigger of a program, um, which can be extremely helpful, but also it does in, it does bring out a little bit of a paywall because you're going to have to have somebody there kind of financing you. Um, and typically that came from someone's family who's pushed them into this cause they like, come on, you're, you're 20. <laughs> when are you leaving? Yeah. Man. Um, so, you know, but that's, I mean, that's interesting because, you know, people with autism, even high functioning autism, Interacting in a social setting is super difficult for most of them. And it is, it is things like at work, when you talk about work soft skills, it's picking up on social cues from, from people at work on like, okay, this is when you can engage in a conversation versus you should just sit at your desk. Yep. Like that's, that's a tough thing for people on the spectrum to oh, grow. There are people not on the spectrum that need to <laughs> learn those skills. That's true. I have a buddy that's not on the spectrum that, are you talking That's about awesome. Greg? No. no oh, I thought for sure you were talking about Greg. No, but like w- there would be times when, you know, party's over. It's like 1130, 1230. Uh, everyone's leaving. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get ready and go to bed. He's like, okay. Right. It's like, like yeah, I'll, I'll just wait here. Like, go change in the pajamas, like brushing my teeth. Cool. Want to play Xbox I'm like, now? I'm like, no, dude, get the fuck <laughs> out of my house. <laughs> leave. Go home. I've I'm tired. So no times. one else is here. Like, mm-hmm. but he's not on the spectrum at all. He's just he just. Who, are, who are you talking about? I'll tell you off the air. Okay. Um. But yeah. <laughs> I uh, I I feel that same way. There's been several times when you've come into the office and I hadn't expected to like click into social mode, social acting, and I've had well, at least. Hopefully, you maybe you didn't notice as much. He's saying you as because he's looking at Jeremy. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Um. You've come in and I just haven't, I, I've just been super awkward and there's several oh, conversations. Oh, Jeremy's so awkward. Where, he probably didn't no, even notice. No, it's <laughs> totally fine. Totally, totally <laughs> wonderful, in fact. And there's just been times where I feel like I'm just saying words because I'm like panicking and I'm like, oh my God, he's Jeremy like, doesn't notice things like that. Perfect. He's probably like the perfect person because he doesn't, Yeah. he's not ruffled and doesn't. Great. That's perfect. Yeah. He just kind of <laughs> cruises goodness. along with life. I spent hours uh, uh, in agony, being like, "Oh my god, he probably thinks no. I'm crazy." <laughs> no. he, he probably didn't, couldn't tell you one time that it ever even happened. So Could you? Perfect. That it was awkward. No. <laughs> perfect. Okay. I won't remind you of any of the ones <laughs> they are imprinted in my mind, but we'll just. Okay, so pretend. I have a really, really important question. I want you yes. to talk about autism's strengths because there are some really cool things that can come from being autistic like it's like a weird like okay you suck at being social but you're like really cool at this one thing so do you have like a thing like that and and what other things have you noticed amongst some of your peers that you're good friends with that are really cool because we've talked about it and, and we've laughed about it and we obviously don't don't care or have a problem with it but I, we've talked about a bunch of negative stuff, like things you yeah, have to sure. learn and, right. and that, you, you know, you've got this stigma about being weird. So talk about the positive stuff. Uh, tons of them. I think it, it takes a little bit. I, I think knowing that you're a little bit on the outside helps to highlight some of those things. Um, 
Because then you can realize, oh, I guess not everybody is good at these things and, you know, these things that I'm in the ways that I am. Um, but I think autism is, is hard to pin down in that way because it can be so dramatically different between each person. Um, it's kind of like a D&D character sheet where you're just going to have something maxed out and other things are not going to be maxed out. And just it, it all changes um, depending on each person. But some common threads, I think, for it are uh, a really, really good ability to get into a routine and to do whatever job, like job uh, things you have to do based on that routine. Like requirements. Yeah. So if something is really repetitive, that actually tends to be a place where autistic people will excel. Uh, whereas for a lot of times, it's like, oh, it's too boring. I don't want to do that. Autistic people are like, yep, give that to me. This is great. And I will just keep doing this over and over and over and over. And hours later, someone's going to be like, hey, have you left your office and let, shut up. No, I'm busy. I'm still, it's just this hyper focus. But if you throw a wrench into that. Then, and yes, if suddenly someone comes in you and get says. the green cereal bowl instead of the blue cereal bowl. It's, it's so well, true. I think that That's my brother's. On, yes. That was my brother's. Yep. I, and I still sometimes don't even realize I'll, I'll be like on my way to work just like freaking out. Like I'm so stressed and I'm like, what happened? And it's like, I, I put my socks on the wrong way and I didn't realize I was doing it. And at some point later in the future, there's I'm like, a, oh, that's why. And there's a right way out. to put on your socks. Yeah. Left foot first. No, it's right foot. <laughs> no. Yes, it is. You're standing. It's, it's right foot no, first. Foot first. No, you put your right foot and your right sock and your right shoe on and then your left. Whoa. You put a shoe on before, you before yes. the next sock. Yes. Are you insane? Yep. She's okay. Like, well, that actually she's like the fucking <laughs> devil. I so, actually use a shoehorn too. What about specifically that for might you? Help. I like that actually. What's one of the things that you're really good at uh, as um, a result of being autistic? I th- there's there's a probably a, a couple of things. The one that comes to mind the most is I love. I will get that same kind of hyper focus when it comes time to like learn something new. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it's come in handy. Wow. It, and it happens, I think for most autistic people, they'll have their special interest. The problem is that they'll kind of have maybe just one special interest or not, not too, uh, broad of a, of a scope. Um, and sometimes those special interests are not useful, like in a work environment or somewhere else. But for, for me, I think my special interest is just learning new things. And so, I, that's why I think I've been able to become a structural engineer without any structural engineering background, um, become an IT person without any technical training. I just, I had a couple of jobs. It's just when it's time to learn something, I love it. It's like, give me the next thing and I'll spend hours and hours and hours researching something and just kind of become a pro at it a lot faster than people because I'm like putting all that information and Are saving you artistic, it. Chris? You do that. I don't think so. You do that. <laughs> That's what I said too. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure no. I'm not too worried. I don't even know how to spell no. autism. Chris is definitely not autistic, but he has kind of a similar superpower. I do, where hate, he, I do hate large social gatherings. He does, and he'll just like leave. Well, and I think that's the 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 biggest defining characteristic of autism is not that these traits are so wildly different. It's that everybody feels these same traits. Everybody's, I don't like social gatherings exactly. either. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are just, you know, maybe I'm a little bit more shy or maybe I can focus on something. It's just what tends to happen is those are pushed to an extreme right. for an autistic person. Whereas there are a lot more pull, like pulled back exactly yeah. for often. So a lot of time you hear like, Oh, everybody's a little bit autistic or I feel that same way too. And it's probably true. 
you just don't have it at that ex- insane degree well, that an autistic person does. That's probably why autism, at least for a long time, wasn't even really a thing people mm-hmm. talked about. Exactly. Like, unless you had extreme, like, but really then you were just bad. called retarded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then then you were just deemed as being mentally or deficient stupid. or stupid mm-hmm. or slow. And um, just completely Kim, ignored at that point. Kim Peek, that was his name. He's a little <laughs> rain man. Rain man. Um, but but so so now I know, I was, <laughs> it was driving crazy. I was like it just came to me. <laughs> now we're figuring that out. Like, hey, you know, some people it's it's not nor like Having a normal reaction and having an abnormal reaction to the same thing, while they look similar, they can be very well. Very and there are other, know. there are other things that people have that I'm sure mimic or are very similar to, like schizophrenia, and, like anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sorry, just, I was going just straightforward anxiety. Like because if you're, you know, you're anxious around people or anxious doing things. People who just have anxiety are reacting in the very same Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. There's a lot of like, uh, what is it, comorbidity when you Mm kind of have the anxiety with the autism. Because I've got... There's a lot of that in COVID too. Yeah. (laughs) 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 I've got like, I've got the ADHD. (laughs) Yeah, hold up. You're going to have to explain yourself now. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Like ninety percent of people that die with COVID also has some comorbidity. comorbidity. Yeah, I know, but it's also just... have anxiety. <laughs> or get hit by a bus, or... <laughs> and they all ate bananas. Yep, that's bananas. It's killing. Can't eat bananas. I'm probably all had vaccines too. So. <laughs> Overload. Goddamn, MMR shot has fucked us. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking tetanus. You son of a bitch. Except for you get that with your, you when you get your tetanus, you get your, uh. Whooping cough. I know that yeah. now. Boy, oh, I should have got a tetanus shot before I got whooping cough. That was fucking fun. Uh, I just don't get that. Why would you give a 10 year shot and a three year shot together? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Talk about stupid. We got one last question for you, Josh. <laughs> In all seriousness, you live here by choice. You moved here away from your Catholic parents. Um, you turned gay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Utah. <laughs> you developed autism. So, you moved to Utah. You became gay. You got autism. Um, and you're, so you're here by choice Caught after autism. all that. <laughs> it's from the time you spent in Utah County. <laughs> that has a That affects Well, that's the thing. When, when he went to Mongolia, you probably had to get some special <laughs> vaccines, right? I did. There that's it is. How your there it is. was the Mongolian vaccines. <laughs> And all those Mongols and the, the, the other missionary brothers, they made you gay. Yep. But you've stayed in Utah. That's probably why Utah has such a great thriving gay scene. Um, so you've stayed in Utah. All what? the missionaries with their extra vaccines. But seriously. All the missionaries who, for, who have oh, had man. foreign service come back and we just dominate the state. Super gay. it up. Like you got to go to India. You need typhoid. You need hep. You need... Ah, oh, he's going to be real Hey, gay. maybe that's maybe that's why the oh, state's so beautiful. The vaccines don't, don't ga- make you gay. The, the vaccines give you autism. Sorry, I'm getting it. Wait, so the state is beautiful because the gays make everything more pretty, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I can't tell you how many things I've just randomly bedazzled as I've walked down the street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, um, now that we've done every stereotype me, in the whole wide world. That makes me think of Ed Hardy beer. So Ed Hardy made a beer at one point, or at least stuck their name on a beer. 
And, you, you know, Angie, my friend Angie and I, we sat in the grocery store and I'm like, oh, it tastes like grind up rhinestones and douche. <laughs> <laughs> nice. When I think of like bedazzling things, I think of Ed Hardy. So, um, seriously. So though, anyway, what's the, what would you say is the most interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about Utah in your time here? Just uh, walk outside and you see that mountain. You see those mountains, like that whole line. Well, depends on which one. These you are want. the ochres. These are the Rockies. Oh, I. They're all the Rockies. Well, the um, the Wasatch. Wasatch. Thank you. These are the ochres. Okay, that way. Yeah. I mean, there's this mountains this way too. They're just not as big. Right. Just, and you're on the side of one right now. I'm usually really good at so what orientation. It, what is it? <laughs> what is it about the mountains that that is so amazing and unique? Because there's the Sierra Nevadas. There's the Appalachians. There's the <laughs> The, the Appalachians. The Ozarks. I thought Ozarks are actually really beautiful. So what is it about our mountains in particular, the Wasatch Front, that, that you're, you're so captivated by? Uh, the prominence. You, they stick out from, like, the ground level up to the top. You know, you've got 9,000 feet. You see all of that. And they just loom over you. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was in Denver, partly for work, but partly because I was wondering if maybe I it was time to leave such a religious state, and so I was kind of like scoping out the area, and it's it's boring and <laughs> ugly in Denver. What's well, it? Denver's plains, like people think Den- it is. Denver's exactly, not in the mountains. While it's a mile up elevation wise, mile high plains. They're they're on mm-hmm. they're yeah. on the east side of the Rockies, and they are at the bottom. And yep. so everything east of the Rockies, right there, starting in Denver, is plains. John Denver's yep. full of shit. <laughs> That's, I think that was my daughter's biggest uh, <laughs> biggest disappointment when she moved she was there. Like, oh, I don't see the mountains. I don't see the day. mountains. Yeah. That's yeah. the start of the Kansas like, Plains. But I'm like, it's yeah. super cool. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can still get to do all of the things that you did here. You just don't. And they're not. A, they're you not just travel far. a lot more. Yeah. You don't see it. They're, well, she was living in Cedar, so it's not like she could super see them anyway. But she, oh, yeah, that's true. she saw the mountains in Cedar. Well, yeah, but but not as much as you see them here. So, well, thank you, Josh, for joining us. This has been a fantastic conversation. <laughs> really appreciate you being here. No, I, lo- I loved it. Thank you so much. I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of the New Utah Podcast. Thank you so much to our guest, uh, Josh, for joining us. Uh, and thanks to you, my fellow co-hosts. I rather appreciate the, um, the time and energy that you guys put into this show. Um, I must say I was in no way prepared to do the show today. <laughs> And my getting off, um, literally moments before we started recording <laughs> didn't help. Uh, but that didn't sound right. You just said you got off moments before we started recording. <laughs> Maybe he yeah. did. He was in that room with what? the door closed. Got off of work. Uh, not it's got okay, off Chris. At it work. Um, no, no, it does not happen. Jess. <laughs> no. Well, now that you work at home, technically you could get off at work. That's I guess. true. You want to come downstairs and, uh, <laughs> Do a little hanky panky afternoon delight on my in my office. <laughs> Bend you over the desk. Are you uncomfortable yet? Look at her face. <laughs> um, hopefully you liked what you heard. Um, whether you did or didn't, please share the episode because I don't fucking care. Just share it. It's great for us. Um, and if you want to leave us a comment like our friend Cindy did, please do. Uh, we love it. Uh, we like to hear from you. We like to hear what you like, what you don't like. Um, it helps helps us uh, adjust the show. Hopefully you like some of the changes that we've been making. Um, I, I do, personally. So thank you so much for listening. And um, 
We'll see you on episode 227 where we'll talk about uh, our famous Utah. Yeah, our famous Utah. Which we probably fucking should decide on. We also have some special guest co-hosts. We have one. Uh,